If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. It's a CU podcast. Yeah, it's new. December 4th, Tuesday. It's a holiday season. Show enough. 2018, that's Ian Ferguson. Mm-hmm. I'm Pat Contry. Mm-hmm. We have a, a nice podcast happening. Mm-hmm. Even though my career's done. Um, we're going to talk about Fallout 76 a bit. PS Classic. Uh, more updates on that. Not looking too good. Uh, Al Lowe eBay auctions. Console Wars TV show coming. Limited TV show. Limited. GameStop not doing that well. Uh, loot boxes. Uh, other stuff. Your uh, your Q&A as well. Uh, it is the holiday season. We had the, the, the local street parade happened on Saturday because it's the first Saturday of the month. So they had it on December 1st. I didn't even realize they had it. I was like, it's too early. So I missed that. And um, I haven't... I haven't bought any Christmas presents yet. I usually don't do that till like a, a week and a half before Christmas online. I'll just, you know, get check out our sponsor, Omaha Steaks. <laughs> that's like I usually use Omaha Steaks. OmahaSteaks.com. So I see you podcast. So um, that's what uh, I usually do. I don't know. Have you bought anything yet? No, I know what I'm getting, Vani. I'll probably order it on Friday. Um, I have a couple ideas, I think, for parents. And uh, with other people, it's just... I buy stuff for them if I know of something I, I, I that they'll enjoy, but I don't I don't force it. Forcing presents at Christmas time is a easy way to get stressed. Yeah, and then I don't ask for anything because uh, you know I, I have way too much crap as it is. I know <laughs> what my mom's getting me. My mom's getting me uh, cast iron pans. <laughs> Such an Ian present. Well, cast iron pan. So she called me when I was cooking uh, about a week ago. She was like, "Do you know what you want for Christmas?" And had she called me at any other time, I would have been like, "Mom, I don't need anything this year." But I was struggling with a skillet that I hate in particular, and I was like, "Old and kind of not." I was like, "It's too sticky, too much." And I was like, "A cast iron pan would be great." And she was like, "Oh, okay." So uh, I think I'm getting a cast iron pan in a Dutch oven. Oh, nice. Yep. So I'll be excited about that. What was the other thing I was going to talk about during the intro? I've totally I'm airballing now. I totally forget what else has been happening. Oh, I, well, I don't know, but I started when I got here. I said I was going to bring you some veggie chili. Yeah, oh, yes. And and I, of course you didn't. I forgot. So, but but It's a recurring theme in my life. People baking stuff and say, oh, yeah, I was going to bring you a cupcake, but I forgot. It's so, like, you know, that's worse than not actually doing it. So I told Pat that I forgot, but that if he drops me off, I will give him some because no. I made too much. So. No. So, I've been cooking a lot lately. Yesterday was veggie chili. Um, I made veggie chili with uh, orange bell peppers, uh, jalapenos, uh, fresh hatch green chilies that were oh. that were ro- okay. fire roasted and then seeded. Okay. Uh, black beans, kidney beans, garbanzo beans, uh, corn, the whole bean salad combo. Nice corn. Uh, fire roasted tomatoes, <laughs> corn, <laughs> um, 
uh, onion, cumin, all all sorts of good stuff. Two types of chili powder. Oh, it, it ended up very nice and tasty. And then I did uh, I did pasta with Alfredo and basil and like a pound of bacon in there and broccoli. Wow, okay. Yeah. You guys are on intermittent fasting, right? So this is going to make it torturous to get to the pocket. And he, yet, yet you complain about me eating while recording, and this does not help. Hey, you this chose. This not help. This is the lifestyle This is the lifestyle. Chose. This is the life we chose. This is, yeah, this is, this is the lifestyle I've been intermittent fasting for six months now, and it's worked out a little bit. Um, anyway, um, what was I going to talk about? There's a lot of movies I want to see right now. There's more than I thought. Even like that Widows movie I want to see got good reviews. Yeah, I need what, to get to see Ralph. Breaks the internet. I need to see that. Yeah, Ralph breaks the internet. And then um, there's a few others that are out there. Aquaman doesn't look half bad, Ian. I'll go see it. My man. I'm going to go mostly see it for Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren's in it? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's just like it's like the, the third coming of Dolph Lundgren. He just yeah. didn't, I want to see Creed 2. Got really good reviews as well. And I want to see Into the Spider-Verse. That, got that really, looks good. Like there's That got really good reviews. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on now. November, December. Yep. A lot of... There's a, there's a couple others I want to see, too, that I'm totally forgetting right now. I'll even see The Crimes of Grindelwald. I saw the first one. I've seen every Harry Potter thing in the in the theaters somehow. Even though I'm not a huge fan. They're they're fluffy, enjoyable films. Magic wands. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's fine. You know? So, you know what I decided I wanted to do last night, the other night? Didn't work out so well. I got real high. What surprise? It was like two in the morning, and I decided, you know, what, I wanna, I wanna do um, a loud, angry remix of uh, uh, Will Smith's Willennium. I don't think I've heard that song. Well, okay, Willennium was an album he released. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Around the, just, the yeah, I, well, that's the thing. I, I remembered awful. that he did that album. I was like, that's a really ridiculous name. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna remix. The song Willennium. And then I realized that there is no song called Willennium on that album. Okay. There's a track called Will 2K. Just as good. And uh, so I pulled it up to sample it. And uh, now, see, I actually uh, like some Will Smith. Will Smith's got some jams. Um, and I pulled up Will 2K, and I could not find a single decent sample to pull off of Will 2K. It's just an absolutely wow. awful song. First world mixing uh, problems, I guess. There, yeah. Uh, so then I didn't remix any Will Smith song at two in the morning. That, that's a great story. It is. I'm, I'm glad you. It's it a fantastic was a, story. A story that started nowhere and ended the same spot. Yep. That's, that's a great why, story. That's why I wanted to tell it. It was. That's, uh, why, that's why Ian's paid the big bucks. It's a true peak. It's a true. <laughs> it's a true peak into my two in the were morning. Were you Were you going somewhere with that story yeah. when it started? I just wanted uh, people to know what my two in the morning. Okay. Like. Very boring and sad. I guess your two AMs are. Sometimes they go places. Sometimes <laughs> they don't. I'm usually up watching forensic files or, or old reruns of high stakes poker at that point. I really thought I watched a lot of poker lately. I really thought Will Two K was going to present me with a lot more, a lot. It was going to be more fruitful. I thought that story would have been fruitful as well. I, I, I thought I it thought, would have been. I thought Will Two K <laughs> was just going to be a fucking veritable orchard of sample material. No, it's <laughs> it's miserable. All right. Well, well, you can you can let Will Smith know because he's he does these vlogs on YouTube now that get a ton of views. Uh, you can let him know that hey, I was disappointed in that eighteen year old album that you put out. He hasn't had an album probably like that long, right? I don't know, man. I just kind of... Any other Will Smith topics you want to bring up? While, well, while yeah, getting, I mean, I do want to bring it? up one more thing. Okay. That's got some decent sample material. Okay. Um, it does. Uh, okay, so Will 2K is oh one of... Ideally, it's one of those 
tracks that you would... It was like... It was made for the millennium. It was made for New Year's on the millennium. You know how there's a lot of those songs that people were, like, supposed to listen to as the millennium's ringing in? Do you think people who made those Vanity Millennium songs actually listened to their own Vanity Millennium songs as we went from 99 into 2000? Because that's sad. That would be real sad if you listened to your own Vanity Millennium song. I'm sure 1% of the audience knows what the fuck you're talking about right now. What a Vanity Millennial song is. I mean, but you know what I'm talking about. No, I don't, Ian. I have no idea what you're talking about. In those party songs... At the Milan, it, people make those like, like, a th- th- like a thong song. Like, no, you know, like no, people you make those songs celebrating New Year's. They're like, oh, it's New Year's, and I'm Will Smith rocking into the New Year. People make those songs. Who listens? Can you name one or two others besides the the, 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 the No, it's or the, Will Two K. Are there any other ones? Did Mariah Carey do one? I'm sure Mariah Carey fucking did. Did Cisco one. do one? Probably. Who, who was big back then? I think everyone did one. The, the the what the hell are those? The three eleven do one or whatever the fuck? No, I'm gonna next podcast. I'm gonna come to you. With Good, that, Ian, with come back with list. that. Come back with that list. I'm gonna come back with a list Woo! of it, Millennium it, songs. That, everyone's on there. I, mean, I wish I could. I wish I could do a live a live viewing of people listening to this <laughs> intro. <laughs> A reverse react video. We can debut, the, we yeah, can can, debut please, the intro. Please, <laughs> this could be the first time we do an experimental react video to to one of our podcast segments. <laughs> I would love to see how this is going to go. Uh, right. for this. Anyways, okay. should we get to the meat of it? No, no, I like to talk about this under 25 minutes. <laughs> it's so fascinating. Let's get to the meat okay. of the matter. <laughs> My God. <sighs> Ian... Fallout 76 <laughs> yeah, Pat. has come out to a underwhelming, I, I, I guess, uh, not even a thud. It, it's, it's come out. People are disappointed with it. IGN gave it 5 out of 10. They already put the damn game on sale a couple weeks after it came out for like yeah. almost half the cost. We're just going to we're gonna briefly... Uh, we're just going to briefly cover... Uh, we're, I'm not going to get into a lot of the more serious stuff, but we're just going to cover some of the, 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 the more... Uh, Egregious errors here. Sure. Um, Thanks, IGN. I can never open an I- IGN. Can I open one of your websites without crashing my computer and my recording software? Can I? Can that happen? You know what I'd like to do? You have to read off the IGN article. I- I'd like to open any news site without uh, videos autoplay. It's, uh, not just that. There's like 50 ads. Anyway, so, so okay. Um, so unbelievable. Uh, First of all, this game comes out. It's got a lot of bugs, a lot of issues, a lot of fucking problems, a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Um, and people pay, you know, the sixty bucks for it. They're upset. So, you know, let's let's jump forward to Black Friday where they've slashed it twenty dollars. So that's an insult. Oh, let's just briefly mention that the, like the day one patch was bigger than the game. Yeah, it was like fifty gigs for a, a patch. So <laughs> they're basically replacing the entire game at that point. That's I, not a patch anymore. Was that day one? I thought it was a few days. Oh, it, was, I think it was just the first patch. Was, whatever. Yeah, it was insane. We didn't we didn't talk. I, I know how much we were corporate chills, but we we didn't address that before. How ridiculous that is. Yeah, so that's nuts. Um, but let's just talk about one of my favorite uh, little uh, problems that, that happened. So um, the Power Armor Special Limited Edition was $200. And uh, in the advertisement, one of the items that you were supposed to get was a nice little canvas duffel bag. You know, I, you can put some stuff in it. You can go to the gym. It initially held 
uh, it was supposed to hold the um, power armor helmet that you got with it. Okay. Uh, but still... You actually got a helmet. Yeah, you got a helmet. That's not bad. Well, from what I heard, the helmet was not of great quality. But I mean, you anyone, can't stop a bullet. Anyone who was expecting... <laughs> I, I, I don't think anyone was truly expecting the helmet to be, like, amazing. You know, but a, a decent enough helmet. Sure. Um, But what happened was, is when they got it, it was one of those... When the package actually arrived, it was one of those cheap nylon bags. So what's the difference between nylon and, and uh, canvas? Canvas can take a beating and yeah. keep going. Nylon, you could like put a pin through it and rip the whole thing if you really wanted to. Yeah, you The quality is night and day. Yeah, you take a safety pin, literally, yeah, and, 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 and you snag can it and just... Yeah. The nylon, I, I bought I bought a literally $1.50 shipped uh, nylon yoga mat bag from China. I don't know how they make any money at all. And that thing ripped in like two and a half weeks because it's nylon. It wasn't made of any quality. Yeah, think of a windbreaker, but worse. Yes. Thinner than a windbreaker. Yeah, you're probably right on, on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, these things aren't made to last more than, I don't know, like a couple of weeks. So people were rightfully pissed. Um, this was... <laughs> this is the Kotaku headline article. $200 Fallout 76 edition promise fancy bag delivers nylon trash instead. Yeah. That's a good... <laughs> get on Kotaku. That's not a bad article. No. Uh, head, headline. People were rightfully pissed. And you got, like, a, a little fucking mat board. You got little figurines with this. You obviously get the game. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, you got little army guys you got. That's pretty cool. And you got this helmet. That's what you got with this, besides the bag. So, this is... An, this is uh, people were rightfully pissed. This is something that they were paying for, and, it, uh, you know, something was advertised back that they were supposed to get, and they didn't. Now... I, I did see some people saying, well, you know, subject to change. That's a pretty big subject to change. Subject to change usually means uh, color, slight design changes, things along those lines. Yeah. Um, and so, people were posting pictures of their bags already ripping and yeah. looking like trash. So someone uh, I, be I uh, you know, contacted Bethesda, um, and uh, someone replied that... Um, Yes, due to you know not being able to source enough canvas and the this cost. This is your email. Due to the unavailability, unavailability of materials, we had to switch to a nylon carrying case. Yes, exactly. I had to switch to a nylon carrying case due to unavailability of material. The world's out of canvas, I guess. Yeah, so can't source a canvas bag. So, and then they initially weren't doing anything. Then after enough people complained, they said, "Okay, we're sorry. Here's the consolation." Huh? It's on a frame face and you turn towards me anyway. Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So their, <laughs> their consolation was, all right, if you bought that collector's edition, here's what we're going to do. Let us know. We're going to send you 500 atoms. That's it. That's the in-game currency. Okay. So not only, by the way, is Fallout 76 a buggy shit show, but... It also has a lot of pay-to-play in-game currency mechanics. If you want to decorate your base, okay. So they're like, "We'll give you, we'll give you the equivalent of nothing, really. We'll give you the equivalent of five dollars of in-game currency, which doesn't, but it doesn't cost them a right. A it cent. doesn't, right? That's exactly. That's that's, that's not a cent. That they're not conceding anything. It's nothing. So I read that I'm like, "Ooh, five dollars worth of in-game currency. That's a slap in the face." And then you find out what five dollars worth of in-game currency can buy you, and it's like. A couple potted plants. 
Right. And well, well, Bethesda came out and said that 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 email was from a contract employee, not directly employed by Bethesda. So the email, sure, they said the response was incorrect and not in accordance with our conduct policy. Either way, though, they promised a canvas bag. Right. And it's still that the contract employee is still it it's still under them it doesn't make them doesn't look make, good no. so then the response to not looking good is to make themselves not look any better by their official response being here's 500 atoms that aren't going to do anything for you sorry about the trash bag so then what comes out after that nightmare is that in a pre-release uh, event for God, this term is so bad. I don't like the term influencer, but Ian, you're an influencer. Yeah, the uh, they find it for an event for Fallout influencers uh, pre-release that they went and they received Canvas Fallout backpacks. Yeah, that hurts. No. Apparently those backpacks were like uh, a, a different. I, someone says they looked like they were a different brand of backpacks, like sure. with a Fallout logo slapped on it. Doesn't matter. Still looks horrible and proves that there is canvas in the world. Yes, I, I think they still make uh, canvas. I think canvas. Yeah, still they still exists. make they still make tan, tents and covers and <laughs> things for boats and sails. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the great canvas famine of the wrestling rings are still being made. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Canvas is around. I th- so they probably thought they can get away with. Okay, they probably figured, wow, canvas bags aren't cheap compared to nylon, which are are worthless. They probably figured, well, we're going to save like. You know, fifteen twenty bucks a, uh, per per collector's edition, right? That's probably what they thought, but they but they promised a canvas bag, right? The profit margin on these collectors boxes are through the roof to begin with, right? What, what the little army men that they gave out probably don't cost anything. The little fucking uh, little map thing that they had doesn't cost anything. The helmet costs something. I don't know how sure. that helmet's made, um, but so they they wanted to increase their margin. They they probably they probably figured, hey, we're not making enough money putting a canvas bag in but they promised it so it's like tough shit you yeah. gotta do it too expensive does not mean they're not making a profit margin yeah, it's it means, not enough it means they're not making enough yes absolutely it's, it's and this was two hundred dollars right yeah it's yeah so it's already great. a lot to begin with but you you are getting a lot though uh helmet you get the little pack of shit you get a box um so, Either way, that looks so bad, and I I would understand them being upset there. So um, I, I got to see the quality of one of these helmets. They're obviously plastic. I just want to see what they look like. So, um, long story short, eventually this all caught up with Bethesda, and uh, I believe it was you who told me. Uh, I didn't see this last part, but I think as of a couple days ago, they did announce that they will be making replacement canvas will bags. Be, yeah. Uh, you know, if you have the collector's edition, and this is the first time you're hearing it, hopefully you've been paying attention to it. But if not, if you have that collector's edition, um, go go seek out Bethesda or look it up. You will be able to uh, alert them to the fact that you have the collector's edition, and you will be able to get a replacement you gotta go canvas to, bag. you got to go to Bethesda's site, fill out a help ticket by the end of January. So make so, sure you do that. Uh, this so, does not... It doesn't forgive them, obviously. It doesn't forgive because, them. Because, let's put it this way, they're not going to replace every single one. Some people will say, oh, I don't care. Right, exactly. And some people will forget or not realize this even happens. Um, this is, to me... Uh, well, to me, stop buying these collector's editions. Just stop. That, yeah. I mean, that's my advice in general. Just stop buying them. It's mostly garbage. And the day. Let's put it this way. How, 
what percentage of people would use these bags to begin with versus having it laying around? Oh, this is my little set. You know, it's don't 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 give in to to this this greed. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you know, it's just the camp the, the the nylon bags are so trashy to begin with. You never buy a nylon bag. You don't do it. They don't carry anything. They don't. No, nylon bags are literally given away as free promo. I have a Ninja Turtles one from the swap meet that's even damaged that a kid used from like the 80s, a nylon one with like yeah. the, the turtles on it. Don't support these companies with these uh, collector's editions. Don't. Don't. I, buy the game if you think it's a good game. If not, don't buy it. You know? That's that's it. The trinkets they're gonna they're you're gonna they're gonna end up. Ian's gonna deal with your trinkets five years from now or a few years from now. All the trinkets. I mean, get. get I will it. say this: it is a cool idea to do little army men, little guys. That is a cool idea. I mean, do it if you I really, buy that separately. Do it if you really want to. Just be aware that this is the sort of shit and, that can happen. And in the past, people and people have been if dis- it does complain. And people have been disappointed by these collectors in the past that they've changed stuff, they've changed the quality. Sometimes stuff has not ended up being in there that they advertise or things like that. So, you know, this, don't don't trust them. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, these, and plus these companies are video game companies. They're not they're not like toy companies or statue companies. So a lot of this stuff, is, everything's outsourced. Bethesda's not making their own nylon bags. This reminds me of the uh, bags. This reminds me of the uh, just these 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 things uh, in general. It reminds me of the Resident Evil Two one we talked about with the oh yeah with the typewriter with the typewriter where yeah. all, if you looked into the typewriter it it's, was someone's it's a one hundred and twenty five or a one hundred and fifty dollar typewriter that they're upcharging. Like, like two hundred extra dollars on for yes. a couple of stickers. Yeah, it's insane. So, so, all right. Well, and this is fu- well. This is this has been a failure of a game, right? So people are wondering if this is going to be if Bethesda. They're taking a big hit with this to begin with. That's a whole other conversation. Well, my friend was partially joking, but partially not. He's like, "How long until this is a big enough failure that they just patch it into a a battle royale shooter?" <laughs> They've already planned two patches for December. They already realized we got to turn this around. This is this is this is like No Man's Sky. I was, gonna, sort I of was just going to say maybe in, maybe in a year they'll turn this around to be No Man. But No Man's Sky sold extremely well in the beginning. I don't think this has sold to that extent. So it's like they have to... It was such bad word of mouth, I think, to begin with that I don't think they even hit those goals, maybe. All I can say is to the people... There are a lot of people who are still finding fun in this game. Like, there were people who found fun, like me, in in No Man's Sky initially. All I can say is, if you get sick of this game, just put it down. See if Bethesda will do what Hello Games did, disappear for a year and make this better. And you might come back to a game that's fucking fantastic. I don't know. Yeah, yeah No Man's Sky is an to- entirely different game a couple they years ago. They just later. dropped another big update on it that, Good like, it, it's insane. Like, the game is it's weird. special. People probably wanted it originally. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But, okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, watch out for Nylon. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Uh, Ian. This 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 broke right at the last podcast, and we talked we talked about uh, the the it was a question about the the unarmed emulator uh, being used rearm or rearm being used. People were like, "What talk about the, the 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 ROMs?" Well, we were getting hit with people that had no idea what our podcast was at the time, obviously. Um, but we record only once every two weeks, so it dropped that dropped that the PS Classic were using PAL ROMs. For a chunk of the games. Yeah. And that's, a, uh, if you want to call that problematic, I would put that to um, a, a higher level than that. I would I would say that breaks the appeal entirely for getting this system, at least in my eyes. 
Right. Um, so the Pale Games are going to... Uh, they're not going to run correctly. They're going to run... Different, there's a different frame rate to begin with. Yeah. So games like uh, Tekken 3 are going to play miserably if you're hoping for anything close to uh, accurate time. They're going to run slower. Yeah, they're going to run slower. Um, yeah, the music is good. Like, if you compare... Uh, the easiest thing to do is like look up a pale to um, a, a 50 hertz, 60 hertz comparison of say something like Sonic the Hedgehog, which is a normally fast moving game, and you'll you'll see the differences pretty quickly. Um, so that's that's definitely a, a very lazy thing on their part. Um, the whole it just makes it seem like Sony. Well, not seem like it is. Sony was just cashing in um, from announce to. From announce to official launch title, or from announce to official full title list announce to release, everything just seemed to happen so fast that I almost feel like the reason why we didn't get that full list of titles right away is because they had that. There's no way they could have settled on it. I feel like they were really flying by the seat of their pants. They wanted something out for Christmas. Yeah. Um, as far as half the you know a good chunk of those games being pale, I I can't imagine why. I almost feel like they didn't have those files ready. I almost feel I, like I almost feel like they had. I don't know. Had to fold them. There's also there's also sites. resolution differences between pale and North American games. So yeah, I think they compensated for that. From what I read, but they didn't for like certain screen tearing. And then what, to make up the difference, you have to repeat frames. If you're using PAL games in order to match the same uh, 60 frames versus 50, so the whole thing's just a disaster at that point. So not gonna, it's not going to be the same experience at all, at all. Yeah. Versus the same game you played on, on a re- an original PlayStation. Tech, so here it's uh, just looking at one of the reviews. Tekken 3, Jumping Flash, and Battle Arena Toshinden at least are based on the original PAL versions of the games. Um, slower, lower frame rate, um, and if you compare them. Um, the PlayStation Classic ones do run more slowly, so uh, it, it's they didn't even include a switching option for the fifty sixty hertz, which is something that they probably could have done. On well, that people are playing this on TVs; they don't run by that system anymore anyway. But yeah, they could have at least put out a, a version to do that, just in case. Maybe you want to experience a slower Tekken three because that's what you played in Europe. But most of us, even people probably in Europe, don't want to play the slower one; they want to play the quicker one. You know what I mean? Right. So why why do that? So the one one argument I saw was like, well, maybe the um, what it's running on wouldn't it wouldn't be able to keep up with the frame rate of a Tekken three. Maybe that's why I decided to go with the the power. No. The slower. That's what I saw as a, yeah. as a as I'm not saying that's right, but I just saw that could be the only thing. If it's just, just the fact that they were lazy, then this falls in like at games territory at this point, doesn't it? I mean, seriously. Well, looking at some of the other things people say, the menus drab and joyless, no display options, no borders, uh, only one save anywhere slot per so game. So when you say there's no borders, so obviously these are in 4-3 ratio. There's no option to put anything on the sides. Yep. That's something they could have programmed in in a second and a half and they decided not to do it. No, Just an underlay. No save anywhere, or only one save anywhere slot per game. Versus like a four on the classic. So yeah. So that's like, what? Yeah. Okay. Um... You press, the re- you press the reset button on the console, go back to the menu screen. It asks you if you want to overwrite your previous save with your new position in the game. 
and it's easy to so it's not you can't even do it from the controller you got to do it you got to hit it come back and then you go through it again yeah okay you can it says you can at least access a virtual memory card for each game where you can see your save game icons like they appeared on the original playstation this is the only little nod to the past you'll find in the playstation classic wow okay so this is bare bones they're using awful roms that they shouldn't be using um, it, from from the video comparisons I've seen, it doesn't run as well as an original. Just doesn't. Um, and I mean, and it's still and it's still a uh, hundred dollars. And three and quarters of the games are ones that you would play, and maybe half the games are ones you would go back to. So this is, um, and I'm a Sony fan. So I mean, I know people like to come at us as being Nintendo fanboys, but I like about half of the Nintendo systems. Most portable, as far as consoles go, I actually. Really enjoy the later half of Nintendo consoles. Um, I'm a Sony and Sega fan, uh, and this has just no appeal to me. None. I don't know that I would pick one of these up at thirty bucks. And speaking, and by the way, I don't have an NES Classic, and the SNES Classic is is Vonnie's. So it's not like I, I run out to pick these up as it is. I'm not particularly interested in these mini consoles, but I, I did have some hopes that this would have some stuff on there that I would want. Um, if the Japanese one got released in the US, I would maybe consider it just to have like Saga Frontier and Parasite Eve on it again. But, uh-huh. um, you know, but yeah, no, I, there's just there's nothing here. And, I, and I've and heard it, that they're sitting everywhere at stores. Really? At There's been commercials everywhere. They're, 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 they're advertising this like it's a new PlayStation game. There's a ton of... The commercial's really cool. It, like, runs through the different games, and it's, it even says, like, you know, this is not the, the, you know, the real gameplay we're showing, but they're showing, like, the graphics. Like, they're showing, like, like King from Tekken doing a move, and they show, like, uh, the race cars from... Uh, from uh, it's Ridge Racer, right? Ridge, Ridge Racer, Racer 4. Yeah. So they're showing, like, the commercial's high-tech, glossy. They're pushing this more than I've seen NES Classic and Super Nintendo Classic push. So you're saying they're still sh- sitting... They're shitting, but they're uh, well, sick. I, I think I think Vonnie saw a picture online that was like on Twitter that was like a bunch of them, and then I think it was Jay, the Game Chasers, posted a, a picture on Twitter that was like just a bunch of them sitting at Best Buy. So yeah, pe- they, they definitely there there was no reason for a rush or a pre order. Well, well, it also goes to show you that there isn't. I always maintain this that there isn't this nostalgic connection to the actual systems once you get outside of like Nintendo and Sega. It kind of lessens to a degree. People probably enjoyed a few games on, on the classics. Oh yeah, I remember playing Final Fantasy VII in college. Doesn't necessarily need, 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 need all these other games outside of those. There's nostalgia for the PlayStation, but the problem is, is it's not all for Sony's games. The nostalgia sure. for the PlayStation comes from the fact that there was tons of good games across a bunch of different genres from a ton of different companies. Wrangling a set number of games, especially 20, that's going to appeal to everyone who enjoyed the PlayStation is going to be very difficult. It's a lot easier to find 30 games that had a common enjoy that 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 were commonly enjoyed by people on the NES. And they didn't do 30. No, on the NES. It's easy to find 20 common game. It's easy to find 20 games that people can agree upon that were enjoyable for the SNES. 
because so many different people with so many different tastes have fond memories of the PlayStation, finding 20 games from all those different represented genres at that point that are going to appeal to everyone, that's really difficult. I mean, you also have to keep in mind, like, you know, there was a ton of different games. It, the the landscape of games and people who played games by the time you got to the PlayStation, would it, it, that's just an insurmountable task. Mm-hmm. I just that that's very difficult. So this was this is their one shot, you know. So if there's ever a PS2 classic, people are gonna have a bad taste in their mouth, probably. Well, when it comes to this. It, it's just yeah, you can't do it with a sort of system. You're not gonna be able to do it with an Xbox. You're not gonna a, a Dreamcast. You could do it because you've got a ton of really good Sega properties to pull from. An mm-hmm. N64 classic, you could do it because you've got. All those first-party NES, you can still do it, even Nintendo. though it'd be weaker than the other ones. You can yes. still do it, you know, yeah, and you can absolutely. pull from some third parties there to do it because those systems have a solid fan base, and there's a pretty good agreed-upon list of classics. There's a good agreed-upon list of classics on the PlayStation, but they spawn between or they span between action games, RPGs, fighting games. You'd almost need, and they'll never do it, especially at this point. And it wouldn't make sense, but you'd almost need a PlayStation Classic fighting or a PlayStation Classic RPG. You get what I'm saying? Like yes. you would really need to focus in on some of these genres that were very well represented. So, all right. Well, Sony, you you, you tried to copy Nintendo again and uh, came up short, unfortunately. Pat, we're talking about Eero, um, a router and uh, beacon system for uh wi-fi wi-fi uh single router model doesn't really work anymore with the uh the bandwidth world and the large uh spaces the houses that we have yeah. your 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 everyone's on, on their palatial yeah. estate but everyone's on their mobile device or, or smartphone or tablet and everyone's watching their 4k streaming netflix so what you need is a distributed system with eero you can install a uh, fantastic uh grade wi-fi system in just a few moments it's very simple the app lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand uh, you'll know how many devices you have connected at any given point as well as the internet speed that you're getting from your service provider um, traditional routers don't push software updates to customers so they're left open for cyber attacks Eero will also help you automatically update that system so that you not only have the latest features but the security at all times so right now uh, I'm looking at I set this up it's so easy to use this it took less than 10 minutes out of the box uh, you put you, you connect your router to your existing modem and then you set up your two beacons. You also can buy more. And it's all done originally through Bluetooth on your smartphone. And at that point, you just choose your network name and your password, and you're good to go. I, right now, I can see who's on the network. I have uh, Ian's laptop on the network. If I want, I can click on it and cut that sucker off right now if I wanted to. And, of course, uh, I have uh, my laptop on here. And I also see right now what's going on with the network. I can see the down speed, up speed, what's going on, how many devices are connected. It's a great solution. It's mesh Wi-Fi. It's one Wi-Fi network throughout, extended throughout your, your, your home. They also have things like total network protection, advanced security, content blocking, ad blocking is available as well. So, right now, Ian, Whoa, right now, this moment, right now, never think about your Wi-Fi again after this. Right now, you can get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus by visiting Eero.com, E-E-R-O.com slash CU Podcast at checkout, entering code CU Podcast. And, and they also have, like we said, we, they have their, uh, their Eero Plus as well, which is uh, 
protection on top of what you already get. So again, for for $100 off, that's a that's a chunk of change. It goes right back into Christmas gifts. $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package and one year of Eero Plus. You visit Eero.com, two E's, R-O.com slash CU Podcast at checkout and enter code CU Podcast. Partnering with Stamps.com. We love Stamps.com. These days you can get practically everything on demand, just like our podcast. You listen whenever you want, when it's convenient for you. Imagine that mentality for shipping packages. So stamps.com, you can access all the services of the post office right from your desk, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, when it's convenient for you. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package using your computer and printer, and the mail carrier can pick it up. You just click print and mail. Ian, I've, I've, uh, our wristbands, uh, I've mailed that literally Sega CD consoles using stamps.com. Wow. DVDs, anything. Oh, boy. Your, 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 10, your 10 game grab bags I, I've done in the past for, for my Kickstars, anything with stamps.com. Um, so right now, there's a special offer. You go to you go to stamps.com, you, you click on the little microphone, and you enter code CU Podcast. And what you get with that is you get up to $55 of free postage, a digital scale, and a four week trial. You own a home business, you're an eBay seller, you know, you, you put some stuff on, you know, you got that chubby cherub cart you want to get rid of. And you and you sell it to a friend, ship it with stamps.com. Again, uh, use code CU podcast, click on the microphone, get up to fifty five dollars in free postage, a digital scale, and a four week trial. Omaha steaks. You like seafood, burgers, ham, skillet ham. and slow cooker meal options, desserts, even vegetarian options. Omaha steaks is for you, for yourself, or it's a great gift option. You wanna send someone a a, a chunk of delicious meat? A honking chunk. I've done it before. Uh, parents, uncle, uh, uh, my girlfriend's uh, family, I've, I've used it before. Everyone likes meat. They like the barbecue. It works all throughout the year. So as we approach the holidays, I'm mad that it's a great gift for a person who you can't find a can't yeah. find a gift for. Someone might already have it. They, 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 you know, they, they, they have a nice stereo system. They got a, a lawn sprinkler that's working okay. You can always use more meat. So order before December 18th for pre-Christmas delivery. If you go to omahasteaks.com slash CU podcast, you'll receive 10% off the, off the site-wide store and have access yeah. to a number of free shipping offers. And if you go just and you put CU, if you put CU podcast in the search bar, it's the only place you'll find the CU podcast holiday sampler. There's a CU podcast. Do you like us that much that you want to send a gift to your parents with that in our name? It includes two five ounce filet mignons, two five ounce top sirloins, four four ounce steak burgers, four three ounce gourmet jumbo franks, the best hot dogs in the world, four three ounce kielbasa sausages, four four ounce caramel apple tartlets. And, and some seasoning. signature seasoning. So that will cost you sixty nine ninety nine before your discount and a free shipping, which is a twenty dollar value. This is a huge, huge chunk of, uh, of stuff going on. So again, order before uh, December eighteenth. The guaranteed delivery before Christmas. It, it's good for your parents, for your your, your in laws, for wherever you want. It's something that they're they'll, they're going to love. There again, go to omahasteaks.com slash cu podcast. You get ten percent off. Uh, the, the whole site, and you have access to free exclusive free shipping offers, or you can get the CU Podcast <laughs> Holiday Sampler. <laughs> and again, you should sell those hot dogs in every store, Omaha Steaks. You're losing money by not selling those hot dogs. I'm serious. The hot dogs are fantastic. Jumbo Enjoy the holidays, everyone, with Omaha Steaks. Uh, this is an interesting, uh, interesting development. Uh, Al Lowe, 
Uh, Sierra X, uh, Sierra developer, most notable for his uh, creation of the Leisure Suit Larry series. He worked on a bunch of other Sierra titles. Uh, he's starting to go through all his uh, old Sierra stuff, all the old software he has, source code, um, and he's starting to put it up on, on eBay. Uh, friend of the show, Metal Jesus Rocks, went with Drunken Master Paul, then went to Aulo's uh, abode, and went and did a, a nice video walking through uh uh, a bunch of this stuff, and I, th- I believe on his Patreon there was even like a 30-minute video. I just went through the 12-minute the video. There's a, a lot of stuff that people haven't either seen before, stuff that's very rare that's uh, that he had in the video uh, that's also on eBay right now that Aloe's putting up. So, for example, and this this stuff is like, there's still like days left on this stuff if you go to his eBay. A Sierra Christmas card that went through the office uh, is up right now. It's at $405. I would love to see what's just on that. Yeah. Um, a copy of uh, uh, Soft Porn Adventure, which was the predecessor to Leisure Suit Larry. It's I a like, text-only game. I like the uh, I like the the story behind the Soft Porn Adventure. Uh-huh. Uh, he uh, the one that he's selling. Um, it was given to him by Ken Williams uh, when he was Founder making uh, when he was making um, Leisure Suit Larry because the copy of Soft Porn Adventure that uh, Al Lowe was using. Uh, or that Al Lowe had played that was inspiring him uh-huh. uh, was a pirated copy. That's funny. So Al Lowe gave him a uh, Al Lowe gave him just a loose uh, official copy, and the one he's um, selling off, he's like, yeah, of course, there's no box and manual. It's just given to me loose, but it's a fun piece of history. So obviously, since Al Lowe, Al Lowe <laughs> and it's a piece of history, it's going for more than I would imagine this usually going for. I, it's obviously hard to find. I, um, the, yeah. Um, then we get to the, the the bread and butter here. That's for auction right now. Uh, source code to, to Leisure Suit Larry 2, the source code, is at over $10,000 with five days left at the time of recording this. Wow. Um, and the source code to Leisure Suit Larry 1 is at over 10000 Well, they're at the same price right now, which I think is interesting, $10,110. Uh, wow. So that's history. And then he, then there's, a, there's rare games that he worked on uh, before uh, Sierra Online. Uh, Bop a Bet. Apple II game, which is it's like one of those games they put in stores locally. It has a little, you know, little ziplock around it. Nice. It's a, it, that's at ten grand. Wow! And a game called Dragon's Keep uh, that Allo also did. That's at only thirteen hundred. I guess because maybe more of those are out there than Bop a Bet. Bop a Bet was a, was an educational game. So these are games that are probably produced in extremely low qu- uh, quantities. I think I saw a number thrown out like maybe like maybe only a couple hundred of these were made. Like all those early games that you put out that weren't nationwide. Yeah, you basically you know locally had them printed up. You put them in local, a few local, a couple local stores, maybe at most, and that was it. So for for people that are historians, that either are, are computer game historians, they may want these just because maybe there's not a copy. I don't know if there's a, a bop a bet ROM out there or, or whatever, or yeah, it's not so download anywhere. I mean, technically, you could potentially take that source code, recompile it, and yeah. Um, well, I'm but, just saying, having a copy of the game, there might be not, uh, not sure. another one that exists for bop a bet. No, let alone the source code for. I'm just talking about these two individual games that sure. they may not be out there at all. You know, uh, the fact that it's going for ten thousand dollars makes me believe that maybe there's another copy that's ever been found. I ain't got the money, but the uh, the uh, source code for Black Cauldron looks like it's going to go up at some point, and that's real exciting. Um, and then when you look at some of the other stuff that uh, uh, Al has in the video, uh, he has games that uh, other Sierra titles I didn't know about. There's a game called uh, a Gelfling Adventure, which is a children's game based upon Dark Crystal. Using the same assets from the Dark Crystal game. I've never even heard of that before. Oh, really? I never heard that was okay. a thing. 
so so that's supposedly extremely rare. Yeah, I didn't know about. And, uh, I think I've heard of Gelflings, but, but I've never seen that. I've never even like seen screenshots of it. But I know uh, about the dark. This is stuff again. The video has a, a Black Cauldron uh, game, Winnie the Pooh game. Yeah, the Black Cauldron um, source code is actually something that I'd be really interested in. So it's good that this stuff's getting out there. Uh, obviously, you'd hope that that wherever the source code goes, that it gets preserved somewhere. It's just locked up. You know, like this is preservation. And of course, uh, and it's clear in some of these articles that, yeah, when you're buying this stuff, you're not the author of the, you're not the, excuse me, you're not the owner of the source code because you bought what the source code's on. The source code's still owned by the company that owns the rights to, you know, Legion Suit Larry and all these other games. So that's an important thing to keep in mind as well. But for game preservation, you hope that this stuff gets properly preserved, obviously, because it's an important piece of history. Yeah. You know. I mean, Leadership Larry is not Legend of Zelda, but it's still important for game history. You know what I mean? Like, it's all still, of this Sierra yeah. stuff is important yeah. to game history. Uh, I went through the video. I don't, think, I don't think you had a chance to go through all of it. Uh, um, Aulo, I, I met him. Extremely nice guy. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's, he thinks he's he's like 72. And, uh, yeah, he's just t- it's time to get rid of the stuff. He's, he's, he's retiring, you know. Why not? Why not? Why not go to, to a home where people, you know, want this stuff? So, um, I'd be interested in, in bidding on... We'll see what else he puts up for auction. Uh, he went through a game called Troll's Tale. I never heard of that one. Um, it'd be interesting to watch stuff like that Gelfling Adventure uh, when that gets up there. If there's any weird Dark Crystal fans out there to, to bid that up or <laughs> you know to get that. I want to know what the Black Cauldron goes for. That was like one of my favorite games uh, as a kid. Was it a fun one? I never played it. You never played Black Cauldron? That one's a classic. Was it on Apple II? Did you play it? Uh, or PC? It was on Apple II and PC. Ian, most of my games growing up were just pirated games that my dad got from his company. I mean, I didn't... We weren't all rich and had real games. It was one know? of the... I think that was one <laughs> of the few non-pirated ones I had. Well, it was a lot on eBay. It's not like it's a rare game. There's, you can get it. Oh, no. I just think the source code would be... Cool. Oh, you just want the source code. Oh, yeah. No, that's what they're talking about is the source code. Um, well, we had copies of the game as well, I think, in the video. Oh. I see. Um, so, like I said, there's there's a lot more here, and a lot more will come for auction right now. It's only a handful of things. This, but this gets me to, to the idea of you know Al Lowe, He's 72 now, so when he first started doing all all this stuff, he's you know like in his you know early 30s, you know around around there, late 20s. So a lot of these early developers, you see like the first run of these computer developers, they're getting up there in age now. Yeah, the youngest ones are probably you know still around 60 or so. Um, so they're getting to the point that yeah, they probably have a a lot of this stuff, and not just that, a lot of like early, you know, console developers, they might have this stuff laying around still. They figure, I'm getting older, either I should get rid of this stuff or, you know, let someone preserve this. Hopefully they're thinking that far ahead, but you know, this could be the first of, of, of many people that start having troves of this stuff. I don't know what Ken Robert Williams have yeah, in, their, in, in their Sierra mansion. I have no idea what they, they, they have. They probably have a hell of a lot more. To, you know what I mean? Like, holy, think about that. Holy and, moly. And that's just one company. Think about people that worked at EA back in the glory days of the 80s, how much stuff they have laying around. You, 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 or, or Epics. You get that Winter Games source code. You always, yes. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Think about the, the – and this is just – and this is like the, in, the, in the U.S. You know, you have all these major companies, computer companies, that – you know, these are people, individuals that made these games that you know, they could have been working on at home. They had this stuff laying around, uh, you know. So there's a lot that's going to come out the next five, ten years, I think, as, as these people get older, get to their golden, you know, their, their, their golden years. So so there you have it. Have you played that new leadership, Larry? Have you, have you seen it? It's got decent reviews. There's a new one. It comes to modern era. No. In a, in a, in a time machine. Mm-mm. Uh, so. 
I just want that Space uh, Quest game. It's been it's been forever. Yes, that would it's be been nice. forever. I'll, I'll buy Space Quest three source code. All right, uh, this is good news. Uh, my pal uh, Blake Harris, author of Console Wars, did the forward to a certain NES guidebook. They're bringing Console Wars in. This is going to be cool to TV. Yep, in a limited TV series, which is great news. Uh, it's been rumored for years that they were going to try to, you know... Do a movie. Do a movie, just like the social network. Um, there might still be a documentary being made. But a deal's being done uh, through Legendary TV and Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Uh, uh, they, they, they bought the rights to Console Wars uh, a while back. back. Like, yeah. Right after the book came out. Right. Around there. That they love this stuff. Seth Rogen's obviously a, a big video game fan. Uh, and Evan Goldberg. So it's happening. I think so, I think it's probably best for limited TV. Um, ten hours, uh, t- you can do a lot more and a lot more tell a lot more story. Have better episode arcs. Yep, you can have standalone weird stories that you couldn't do with a two hour, two and a half hour movie at most. Exactly. You know? So this is a uh, fantastic uh, news. Um, they hired a, a big time screen director, uh, a screen screenplay, excuse me, screenwriter to uh, write the pilot. Uh, so uh, Mike Rosolio. Uh, to write it, and Jordan uh, Vote Roberts will direct it. So Legendary TV is a, a real, real name. Oh, yeah. Legendary does films as well. Yep. So that's a big, like, this is gonna the, the pilot, I could probably say with confidence, will definitely get made. And I would I wouldn't I would probably say 95% this will be seen somewhere. This will be picked up somewhere. Oh, I, yeah, I don't... I There's too many big names attached, even production, before they get into who's gonna star in it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, given the fact that video games are big... Um, the names attached to it, and the fact that, I mean, maybe not Netflix, but almost anything can land on Netflix these days, uh, or Hulu. I would say this probably even goes above that and gets picked up by you know network. some sort of network if there's enough you know, cachet sure. with this, yeah, or HBO or Showtime. Yep, uh, Showtime would actually. Did, which one did Silicon Valley uh, show? Which one did that? One of those two did it, right? So why wouldn't they pick this up as well if it's uh? In the same sort of vein, same sort of stuff. Silicon Valley show. I think it's still on, isn't it? I've never seen it, but I heard good things. Uh, HBO. Yeah, okay. I, I, I can picture this being like an HBO Showtime sort of thing, potentially. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm not a big expert on TV, but if they get a few... Uh, Neither am I. Look at us playing TV experts, just making but, the bets by naming everything. Uh, it's going to end see. up on one of these, all of them. But when you look at <laughs> look at the people involved. They've done a lot of stuff. Uh, stuff for FX, stuff uh, for Netflix who is the, before. Who is um, the Jordan Voight Roberts? That's that's a familiar name. Why? Uh, look it up. Uh, Roging, Goldberg, and Weaver's Point Red Pictures. Oh, they did the Preacher AMC show, which is pretty good. I've seen a few episodes of who that. Who did? Uh, this this production company, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. They, they did Preacher. I had no idea. Uh, that they did that. Um, Rogan stuff. and Robert Rogan did. Yep, that's what this says. What, so what a strange, what a strange. Huh. What was that strange? They, I, if they like it, if they're a fan of it, why not? Oh sure, I just never really thought of. Uh, Voight Roberts did. What do you do? Kong Skull Island. Oh, Kings of Summer. Nick Offerman, and then television is Funny or Die presents Death Valley. You're the worst and cocked. So actually, not much that I know of, but. But he's he's established, obviously. Yeah, and that Kong Skull Island was supposed to be kind of fun, but I never saw that it. That already came out? See, I, that came yeah, out that came year, out right? in 2017. Oh, wow, I missed it. So so you can delve into a lot of, like I said, stories. If this follows the progression of, you know, 
Uh, Kalinsky, Tom Kalinsky comes to, to, to Sega. They start building it up to compete with Nintendo. You can go through the development you know, of Sonic and the Genesis launch and the console, obviously the console wars, the six-bit wars. You, then you can get to the, you know, the, the la- later period, the fall from grace, when you get to like the 32X and things like that. And right. There's a lot you can do here. And the cool thing about this being that it's limited is that maybe next year uh, they come back and they can do another video game story like in one season like you just do season sets of stories right so they, could, cool idea. they could pick some it doesn't have to be a war they could do they could do nintendo's fall it's, or uh, you know one of nintendo's like less spectacular periods you can do you can do nintendo versus uh sony with the, with the original playstation sure you know, and that that does that there's a lot of stuff you could do right uh, obviously you need some drama and the, conflict. The, well yeah you could do the loss of square basically you could you could do almost an entire show uh on the focus of the loss of square final fantasy 7 coming out on, you, you get 10 hours out of that could you? You can get ten, you can get ten hours out of Sony in in, in Nintendo sixty four, but you could do a pretty. I think you could do a very do. Um, a very good arc just on the Final Fantasy stuff. Now, obviously, when you're doing a dramatic series, you have to. There's going to be obviously embellishment of characters and conflict. Oh yeah, that's the one thing I guess that you can't avoid it. It's going to be entertaining. It'd be funny if, if people that were involved there see they're going to be watching just like, what? Like that didn't happen or that didn't happen with that or it didn't happen with the Sonic development. It's going to be, it's going to be funny to see that, but you can't avoid it. You know, you just can't. The fact that this is getting made though is just, I'm mean, obviously I'm really happy for Blake since I know the guy, but this, there has been something done like this before. Yeah. I mean, a whole huge TV series based upon video game history. It's very exciting. Narrative. It's going to, I'm looking for it. Yay, Blake. Good guy, Blake. Good for you, buddy. All right. Uh, GameStop, Ian. We've talked about GameStop before. Was it last year they closed 150 stores? Yep. And not, uh, not good. They just lost half a billion dollars in the third quarter. That's that's special. So ga- special. special. GameStop reports loss of 488 million million dollars quarter. Um, this is largely being attributed towards, um, or largely being attributed to uh, a continued interest in digital game sales, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm seeing that. Um, uh, just, I mean, a lot of this is personal anecdote for me, but I mean, we're obviously seeing this in numbers, and uh, you know, the sales of of modern games, modern AAA games. Um, I know a lot of my friends have, uh, you know, gone to uh, digital sales um, for games. Um, for modern games, I've largely moved to digital sales, except for things like, you know, I have systems that I do like to collect for, say, my Switch. I go, I go physical, um, but I, I, I go into GameStop and I just see physical titles sit. Um, I go there every once in a while to grab a physical copy of a game that I, I can't get at Luna. Uh, we see at Luna, we're seeing more and more physical uh, AAA titles sit. Even when we get the um, like new games in, uh, you know, like a week after they come out, um, you know, and we price them at like forty-five bucks, not fifty-five. So, say you know, Call of Duty Four came in for us like a week after mm-hmm. we priced it at forty-five. It sat for a week and a half before it sold because people just aren't that interested in picking well, up physical copies anymore. Sure. Um, you know, these modern systems have big hard drives. Uh, people who want the game the day it comes out um, 
don't want to wait in lines at midnight uh, when you can just queue that shit up to download uh, as soon as it's ready to go on the west. I, I mention this all the time. If you live on the west coast or you know central mountain time or or someplace that's not the east coast, you're going to get the game anywhere from two to three hours early. Well, it's not just that. It's not just the fact that the, the digital, if I, like, if you want to buy a, a, a physical game, people can just go on Prime, go on Amazon, and get it too. They don't have to get it out of their right. house. It'll come th- that day. You know what I mean? Uh, so Amazon can be. Uh, people are losing faith in Amazon because Amazon is starting to deliver games late. They're getting a little later. Yeah, they're well, getting. They're getting. I got all mine late. on time. I, I haven't ordered a lot, but. And you okay. haven't ordered one recently. Has it gotten that yeah, much it's worse? G- it's gotten worse from well, what people have that, said. Well, that's probably because, well, they're doing a bit more sales now. Like, I can go yeah. in right now and order Ult- uh, Smash Ultimate right now in, like, three seconds. I know people were having, um, I know people were getting, uh, like, copies of Pokemon Let's Go uh, late. How many, how many days? Uh, like, a day late. But, okay. you know, for something like that, that's, you know, it's big. But it's a convenience factor still. Sure. Um... So yeah, I am seeing a you know a march towards all digital, and while I do think all digital by 2022 is still jumping the gun, um, I do think it'll be you know maybe by 2026. And this is compounded because as we talked about on the on the podcast before, is that the margin is, isn't even in the new games anyway. It's in it's in the it's in the used pre-owned games. Right. That's the huge margin. So. The margin, you know, they, they sell the sixty dollar game. They make GameStop makes like eight bucks or whatever on it. We'll just say uh, the used game they sell for forty. They can be making thirty bucks on that, you know, off a trade in thirty five bucks. On, you know I mean, that's where their bread and butter is. And so the less, the more digital sales, the less pre owns come years later. So but, it's a whole system. The whole system gets turned upside down for them. But this is where they're getting killed uh, double time. They used to make that money back on the pre-owned sales when digital games first started being sold i remember on the 360 when full digital games first started getting added they were expensive well they were same they were the same price um when they came out as mm-hmm. are digital games like on a ps4 xbox one switch um but they never went on sale now digital games go on sale all the time and they usually go on sale for really decent prices thus if you wait long enough and bide your time, just like waiting for that game to come out in used, you're, you're getting the same same cost. You, you you still get the same deal. So going in and looking for that used copy of the game at GameStop no longer becomes as enticing. Sure. Granted, you get a bigger selection at all times. You don't necessarily have to wait, but it, what I'm getting is you can still find that discount. You can still find that deal if you wait long enough. Um, and GameStop is so they're not necessarily making the profit there as much as they used to and because they don't sell those new games as quickly anymore because of say online flash sales or the fact that people are buying them digitally what happens all the time now at GameStop is they will end up with these excess new copies that they normally sell for 60 they will drop those new copies down to like an insane price on sale for like a week. So they'll take like a $60 game and they will then drop it down to like 35 or 40 bucks. Okay. They'll keep their used copies at like 45 and but the 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 new copy will be 40 or 35. 
so they'll sell all these new copies to eliminate the stock. So they're actually taking a hit on the new copies, losing money because they need to clear them out. That's just idiotic corporate practice, though. But they don't drop the price on the used copies. So the used copies sit on the shelf. And that's where the margin actually is. Right. And they 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 scurry these new copies up because they don't want all this extra and then stock. The, and, then the, and then the used so ones lose, with the margin will sit and the wait. The used ones with the margin the, sit and wait, and then they take this massive hit on the new copies. They're just, they're just being dumb. Instead of just maybe dropping the price on the used copies, yes. clearing out all the used copies before the holidays, and then yeah. selling the used co- the new copies. during. It, I mean, either way, it's a bad... Either way, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's, it's bad. Dumb. You know, either way. Uh, so according to, to, the, to, to this... Uh, this article that reports on it uh, from Game Rant. So they did a, did an overall increase, a 10.4% increase in new software sales. There was a 12.3% increase in new hardware sales and uh, accessories like headsets and controllers, 32.3% increase in total sales. So all that said, they still lose almost half a billion dollars. So 13.4% de- decrease, 13 po- 13.4% decline in pre-owned sales, 10.4% increase in new software sales. My question is, so obviously they're not making any profit on that, on the new software sales. You make very little on new software sales. But sure. I wonder if part of that is that stupid, let's slash these prices... Because it, a 10.4% increase in new software sales doesn't mean a 10.4% increase in profit off of new software sales. All I know is this. Uh, I don't know how many quarters GameStop can absorb taking a hit that big before they close up more stores. I know they're, we're going into the holiday season, but they're not going to make that back. Oh, no. They're gonna, Half a billion dollars? No, that's not going to probably be made back. They might get close or make it... Either way, at that point, they're going to cut more stores. They have to, right? I mean, they need to make a pretty sizable... Pro- I mean, they would need to make a bill this quarter for that to be... I mean, to really fix their seventy. They need to make a profit on top of making back what they lost. Worldwide, there's 7,200 stores left. 7,200 stores left worldwide at this point. I still feel like I can trip and fall into one too, but that doesn't sound like a lot of stores. I anymore. think they're just going to have to close stores more. Cl- I, I mean, and not just a you know 150 in the U.S. Whatever, start closing them everywhere. You know, I I, I, don't, I don't see how you can maintain it. I just don't. I think they're going to uh, start getting rid of mall stores. I think malls probably are the worst ones. Most overhead probably too. Yeah. Oh, well, I feel like of stores in malls, they probably get some of the most business, but people don't go to malls. I think some people, well, some malls people still go to, but you know, overall, probably they, you take them out. Well, they're one of yeah. the, you know, I, I talked to my friend Eric, and you know, he does all that dead mall stuff. Our malls are still popular in San Diego. San Diego malls are, but you know, when you look at dead malls, it's like one of the guaranteed stores you're going to find in any dead mall is a GameStop. Maybe it's time for those stores to go away. Gotcha. It's going to kill that mall, but you know, they do better in plazas. Uh, there was obviously you had Red Dead Two come out recently. You had Black Ops Four. That's going to help. I don't think that's probably uh, that's not going to be. But once again, new copies, little profit. New copies, little profit. They're still you're still making a profit per. But yeah, the margin still sucks. I mean, if Game if GameStop is getting the best deal on new copies, they're probably making maximum 
10 bucks. Is GameStop, I haven't seen those exclusive deals anymore at GameStop. I guess those are going bye-bye too in terms of like pre-order GameStop, you get this fucking rifle for your game or whatever. I think there's like some of them, but they're not, not yeah, they're not big. Yeah. Well, and also that used to be a thing like when multiple... Yeah, it used to be like Target, you pre-order Walmart, Best Buy maybe, and then you get like the, the, the version. There. And a lot of those companies aren't really doing that anymore, so I don't think it really matters for GameStop. All right, well... What do we usually say? Like ten years max for GameStop a few years ago? We said something like that. I think we might still be on that track, or or maybe even accelerate that to sure a, maybe five years from this point. Yeah, slightly. I don't. I don't know. Uh, by the way, GameStop is looking for someone. I think they're looking for someone to buy them. I think at this point. we talked about that. Did you talk about back. that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but who who would take that on? Like, who would want to take that on? All those storefronts and you know potential debt. Um. Uh, fiscal 2017 net loss of 106 million, so they're not making money the past couple of years overall. They're just not. So, I guess no one's buying all the trinkets and st- things on the shelves and T-shirts. People aren't going in the store for that. No. Try, I'm trying to help you out, gang. Stuff. I don't know what the way out is here for you. I'm trying to think of the exit strategy. I don't see one. I just no. don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't see one. I think this is a uh... stop filling your store with trinkets that people don't want to buy. Well, but but at least there's margin on that. There's not margin on these games, like we said. But I think, yeah. But again, going back to the, the death of physical media, that means the, de- the death of physical media is the death of GameStop. But yeah, it's really in the pre-owned area more so than everything. Because you're talking about the current generation. A few years from now, there's not going to be any pre-owned games that are going to be on the shelves. No one's going to have a game to trade in. Sure. That's just no. That's just no. There's nothing left to make a profit on. Yep. That's that's game over at that point. Okay. Real quickly, Ian, we're going to touch upon this dovetails into a certain topic here, but the Smash Brother Ultimate leaked like two weeks early. People got copies supposedly in stores from Mexico. People started ripping out uh, the the soundtracks and putting them online. Nintendo said that's bad and, and banned YouTube accounts, some pretty big ones too. People got hit uh, for that. There was pressure between rival people that got soundtracks to put them online realizing that Nintendo wasn't going to do anything people have been revealing secrets by diving into the code of this etc 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 so literally like a day or two after this Nintendo comes out and says we are ending our creators program we talk, talked about that in the podcast a few years ago so what the Nintendo creators program was was basically their own kind of MCN their own little YouTube network in a way that if you signed up with Nintendo you could do videos on Nintendo games and not have not have the potential to have your footage copyright claimed. If you're doing like a, like a Let's Play or a review of, of you know Mario Kart on the Wii U and things like that, you have the potential to have Nintendo come in and say, "Okay, we're not taking your video down, but we're going to copyright claim it," meaning all the ad revenue comes to us. And of course, people are like, "What the hell are you doing?" No other company is doing this. This is free advertisement. You should encourage influencers to do that. And because of that, there were people, even people I know, that shied away from Nintendo games for a while to stream or to do Let's Plays of or to do reviews of it because they were, they were, they were uh, running the risk of putting all these hours into a video on YouTube and then not making any money off it at all because Nintendo claims it. So that was a big issue that happened. They were, they were draconian in their monetization practices. They were way behind everyone else thankfully that's coming to that's coming to a halt nintendo announced they're ending their creators program at the end of december and what that means is that uh at that point whatever benefits those got it's everyone's gonna get those benefits so they're gonna relax their their copyright claims on on nintendo games going forward 
that's like they're obviously years behind the curve on this, but the fact that they're catching up is very good news. And it goes along the same lines of them softening uh, their 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 outlook on having a, a streaming game service for like NES games and Super Nintendo games and, and things of that nature, creating more Super Nintendo classes and, and NES classes. They're actually now listening more and more. This has only happened the past couple of years. They're turning all this around. Which So I'm really happy about this. And there isn't a lot of... There isn't a lot of things you can look at this saying that this to be you can be critical of this. They're still going to not allow like like the Smash Brothers early leak stuff. Obviously, they're going to pound you into the pavement when that happens. And I think uh, the one of the other big things was uh, you can't monetize like tournaments and events like that footage. Sure. And I can we can get into why I think they're thinking about that as well. But from the outlook, this is, has been met with uh, universal praise. Because now Nintendo's realizing that there's a, a lot of uh, value, the value of letting and encouraging <laughs> creators push their products because it'll only lead to who cares if a YouTuber is making money off it, uh, off, off of your game in theory, uh, if, if it's fair use, first of all. But then if that video gets seen by a million people, that's free advertisement. You're encouraging more free advertisement. Right. And, I mean, the amount of money that some of these people are making, let's be realistic, is probably not enough for Nintendo. I mean, Yeah, Nintendo shouldn't care about it. Right. Care about selling more games. That's where you're getting your money off of, not disrupting people's lives. It's nice to see. um, I I don't think, you know, all the people who are... I don't think you should be sending a ton of love and praise to Nintendo. I mean, they should have come to this realization sooner. It's like a... Oh, thank but, you. But a a thank goodness, Nintendo. All right, you're coming around. I mean, it's nice to see Nintendo come around. Better sooner than better sooner than never. Yeah. Um, you know, it's nice. Thank you for realizing this. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, no reason to keep throwing heat at them. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's great. It, 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 it's it's nice that the content creators are finally going to have some more freedom and less stress yeah. when it comes to covering Nintendo Nintendo software. Um, Before we're done, the rules, basically the gui- new guidelines. Sure. You may monetize your videos and channels using the monetization methods separately specified by Nintendo. Other forms of monetization of our intellectual property for commercial purposes are not permitted. We encourage you to create videos that include your creative input and commentary. So they don't want you to just bulk upload gameplay footage still. They want to at least, probably because their lawyers said we have to at least tend towards fair use still. So that means you have to add uh, creative commentary or input or, or do some editing. So that's what they're still looking for, which is which is to me is still reasonable yeah. to do that. Not just uploading 50 hours of someone's uh, you know, Breath of the Wild with with no, you know, that to me is not fair use and to Nintendo well, it's not either. Yeah, that, I mean we've had the fair use discussion before. You got to be transformative in some way. You got to add something to it. Sure. You're only permitted to use Nintendo game content that has been officially released. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> or from promo materials officially released by Nintendo. So the big thing was recently they put out that Smash Ultimate no music, uh, little one minute video. Have you seen that? That was huge. Yeah, a week and a half ago, and so everyone just said, "Okay, that's kind of weird how there's no background music." So everyone put their own background music to yep. it. By the way, I was two seconds from uploading my "Don't Stop Me Now" Queen one. I edited together, and of course, I saw someone uh, put it out. And it got like a million <laughs> views. Uh, days after I said not to do it, I was, I was, I was in my town. I was like, nah, this is stupid. And then, of course, I see someone did it and got a million views. I was like, I had that idea, too. It, it, and it syncs up almost perfectly. There are it. no original ideas under the sun. No, there are, are not. But I was just lazy that day. I said, no, nah, I don't want to do this. This is dumb. And I should have, though. 
Um, so, but that probably that might have given an idea. Like, okay, why? Yeah, this is free advertising. How many people are watching all these uh, remixed uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, YouTube videos? Millions of people are watching these. This is only good. Nintendo, thank you for seeing the light. Free advertising is is worth a lot more than going after some YouTuber's uh, minor revenue stream. Like, it's not worth it. Right. I do want to touch real quickly on the leaks, not actually what was leaked, but just uh, from a business standpoint. Um, so, rumor was, I don't know the exact story, but rumor was that these got, this got leaked because... Um, uh, I believe someplace in Mexico got the the copies two weeks early or something like that. That's what that's what people are reporting. That's what okay. I think makes so, sense. So at one point in time, people used to get games about a, could get games two weeks to a week early. Stores they could have them in the back of the room. Um, that hasn't been the case at least as far as I've known for quite some time. Um, but we used to get games, you know, four to five days early. You know, that used to be fairly normal. Sure. Um, this was so that you could prep, you know, uh, they would send them early so that if things were late, you would still get them in time for release day, whether Mm -hmm. you wanted to do a midnight launch or what, that way you would be guaranteed to have your games on release day. Um, if I had to guess if they got them in Mexico that early and it was legit, um, Mexico's inroads for distribution, especially for games, uh, can be kind of tricky. Um, I don't know exactly why, but Vani's tried to explain it to me. Um, there, I don't believe there's any like super duper official channels. Okay. I mean, it's official, but like the, the the way that they get distributed down there is a little bit trickier. So maybe that's how they ended up with them. Anyways, all I want to say is, you know, we covered that. You know that topic about that guy who spent all that freaking money on the the Red Dead Redemption stuff, and I talked about how that's a really bad move. Um, but leaks don't do anything good for anyone. Just like breaking street date doesn't do anything good for anyone. No. The reason why independent businesses can't get shit on time anymore is because of breaking street date. You break street date, companies get pissed off, and we've gotten to the point now where independent distributors don't get shit until the day before, meaning we don't get shit until the day of or the day after, which means that we lose the pre-orders and stuff like this happens. So, you know, beyond the spoilers that upset people, and I, I get that, especially, you know, with a game like Smash, people have been looking forward to it. Yeah, or mo- a lot of the fun is discovering what's in there. Like, yeah, a lot the of the fun is, you know, beyond that, it's really detrimental to um, businesses and small businesses. So, um, you know, I, I just, I know some small businesses do break street date if they do happen to get a hold of these games earlier. Uh, just keep in mind that if, you know, it becomes hard for you to get those games later or you don't even get them on street date later, that breaking street date is the reason why you can't get games later on, yeah. on street date. You're not helping yourself. Yeah, it's selfishness, and then everyone suffers in the yeah, long run. You, you make that money short-term by breaking street date, but in the end, you are ruining your ability to sell new games. Oh, and Nintendo will come after you, too. Oh, yeah. That's You'll it. never get... Either legally, but you'll never get a game ever again from them. Yeah, if you'll, you if you find out, I mean, well, it, it it depends. I mean, you don't get them directly from Nintendo, but 
you could get your distributor in trouble. I mean. Yeah, no, I mean, they won't sell you anymore. Your distributor. Yeah, and your distributor will get pissed at you, or if your distributor. Yeah, it, it, you're not. It's not fucking cool. No, Nintendo can just go to the distributor and say you're not selling yeah. that store ever again. It's not cool. It's not, it's not cool. Oh, by the way, Nintendo said you can still post gameplay videos and screenshots using Nintendo system features, such as the capture button on Nintendo Switch. So they're, they're encouraging use of that still. Sure. So that 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 makes sense. It's that's a that's a product feature they're trying to push. I really wish they'd integrate streaming uh, on the Switch, just like they did on the PS4. But anyways. maybe in a future update they can put that in. Sure. Why not? Well, with this though, this is a, the step in that direction of them yeah. leaning into that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Uh, so yeah, fair use. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, you may not simply upload or live stream an existing Nintendo game without your own creative input. So yes, they if you're going to stream it, they want you to talk. You know, you can't just you can't do make a, it fair use. People, you can't try to make it fair use. You can't do a silent let's play. Yeah, that's all. Okay, and then uh, yeah, that's it. I'm I'm happy about this. Most people are. Uh, it's it's years too late, but at least it's happened, right? You can't change the past. You can uh, move forward. We live a lifetime. Ian, mm-hmm. we form a lot of memories. We do happiness, joy, children's uh, singing recitals, plays, weddings, bar mitzvahs, things of that nature, but graduation s- parties. But sometimes the way we capture those doesn't last forever, unfortunately. Nope. Uh, old media, analog, VHS tapes. You know, old old photographs, slides from your grandparents. You know, old eight millimeter films. It's hard to preserve those for the modern age. But you have a service now, Legacy Box. They do it all for you. It's important to keep these memories alive for the next generation after us. And, you know, maybe relive the past. Maybe your, your, your uncle hasn't seen his old home movies in forever, doesn't know how to do it. You send it to Legacy Box, they'll digitize it for you and send it right back. Legacy Box will send you a box. It basically just sends you a, a bunch of barcodes. You can put those barcodes on the various things that you want preserved. Yeah. Put it in the box, mail it away, and they will a, allow you to track the process. They will digitize these and send them back to you in a format they can that you can use. Get a Legacy Box. Take it to uh, you know a family gathering. Sit around. Have fun. Make it a social, uh, a social moment. Uh, go through what you really want to save with your family. Put it in the box and send it off. Make it a holiday thing. Yeah. Gift for your parents, grandparents. Uh, experience the joy and nostalgia of reliving the glory days. Gives you peace of mind and a great, it's a great sense of accomplishment. You did something for your parents and the, and the, and the older generation. They'll, they'll love you for it. You know, be, be like, hey, by the way, Gramps, you know, you remember those old, you know, old movies from the 60s and 50s? Yeah, just let me borrow them for a week or just steal them yourself. <laughs> and you set them to Legacy Box. And then there you go. He can watch them on his 4K TV going forward that you might have also bought from. So right now, right now, you can get a, a, a for a limited time. Our listeners get an exclusive discount. You go to LegacyBox.com slash podcast and you get 40% off your first order, or you save up to $200 on the largest Legacy Box kit. Uh, Legacy Box is the world's largest, most trusted digitizer of home movies and photos. Over 450,000 families have trusted Legacy Box over a decade of experience, and all the work is done by hand right in the good old USA. Again, for 40% off your first order, up to a $200 savings on the largest Legacy Box kit. Go to LegacyBox.com slash podcast. Do you need a gift for someone this holiday season? I always need a good idea for a gift. Stocking stuffer, a regular stuffer. 
Well, the Quip electric toothbrush is one that they'll use twice every day. At, at least. At least. The Quip toothbrush is an electric toothbrush that uses sonic vibrations to help clean and get in those hard-to-reach spaces. The vibrations are relaxing. They massage the gums. It's really a massage for your mouth. Yep. Very really comfortable. Is. The uh, toothbrush doesn't need a charger. It runs for three months on one battery. Yeah. It comes with a uh, carrying case. Mm -hmm. You can stick it right on your mirror. Mm -hmm. uh, Travel case as well works as. Look at that. Look at that. Look at this. There's different colors you can get. They come with one uh, one head and toothpaste. And uh, with our offer, you can get a Quip for just $25. Um, it come, and if you go to getquip.com slash podcast right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free you with Quip Electric yeah. Toothbrush. Don't be like me. I used to as a kid and get the same toothbrush for five years. You want to replace your, your toothbrush head eventually. So go to getquip.com slash podcast right now and get your first refill pack for free with a Quip Electric Toothbrush. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com. And see how enjoyable brushing your teeth can be. Yeah, don't let it go. All right, Ian, we called this before this is going to happen. This is so good. Um, I, I, told, I warned the video game industry, clean this shit up or this is going to happen. The Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, is investigating loot boxes now. They're getting involved. That's what happens when, when you know... You raise enough red flags. You don't want the government to find out about your fun shit going on because of, of people screwing up, like EA with their Star Wars fucking game last year. You see your fun shit going on? Yeah, you don't, you don't want the government to get into your fun stuff. You want to keep it on the DL. <laughs> so what happens is companies... boxes are fun. Companies, <laughs> what happens is capitalism, companies get too greedy and they ruin it and the government has to step in to regulate. That's what happens. And uh, now it's happening... Oh, that late-stage capitalism. I hate that term. I, <laughs> It's so dumb. Like, yeah, we're gonna, tomorrow we're going to turn to communists. Anyway, um, but but loot boxes um, are troublesome for lots of different reasons because they're not regulated at all. They're not. They're gambling. There's no transparency about uh, what the odds are of getting items uh, from company to company. This stuff is worthless. Uh, you, there's not protections put enough for, for kids to, to do it. There's a myriad of bad things going on. So... Chairman of the FTC, Joseph Simmons, has promised Congress that the agency will look into loot boxes and video games, citing concerns about problem gambling and tr children's susceptibility to addiction. Uh, broadcasting Cable reports that the pledge and discussion occurred during a hearing into FTC oversight of Facebook and Google in the wake of the Cambridge Analytica data leak that affected our election and various concerns about antitrust laws. Senator Maggie Hassan... A uh, Democrat in New Hampshire mentioned that loot boxes were predicted to be a $50 billion business by 2020. Oh, gross. And that such transactions were endemic to the industry. Yes, now they're part and parcel part of, of, of video games profits for, for all these AAA uh, 50 goddamn billion. That's people just clicking saying, I want that dumb outfit, or I want to uh, gamble on getting an outfit, or I want to... It's, it's gambling. Now, you, now, now, I always see the argument like, well, when you buy a pack of Pokemon cards trying to get that special chase card, is that gambling? Is that the same thing? Yeah. I mean, the odds are clearly listed. but Odds are clearly clear listed, and at least you're getting a physical item. Yes. That's always maintained. You're getting a physical item that, in some theory, has some real-world value left to it. When you're going and buying... Uh, gambling on on this shit. There's no real world value that you can get. You can you can't pull back out of it. Right. And so that to me is the other big difference too. 
when people say, well, if you go into a, you know, uh, uh, one of those core machines, you try to get your homies figure, if it's 1997, you know, is that gambling? Well, no, you know you're getting something. You can see what you're, you're going to get. With See, I think the way they get around it with something like Pokemon and Magic cards these days is um, you're not guaranteed a certain card, but you're guaranteed a certain number of commons, a certain number of uncommons, okay. a certain number of rares, so you and know a the certain pay- number of ultra You know rares. what the payout's going to be. So sure. Yes, you know what the payout's going to be. You're, you're guaranteed a certain number of cards of this essentially game value okay. you're not going to get maybe everything that you want but it, it would be like you're if, getting a, you know what the payout is so with like a for instance say with like a an overwatch loot box now maybe they have changed this but i highly highly doubt it with an overwatch loot box you could open it and get a bunch of useless sprays and a voice call a spray a, is, like a, a tag that you really? it's like a little like spray okay. paint tag you could leave on the stage um you can get a bunch of useless sprays and like a like a, a new voice sample for your character, or you could get you know um, uh, a costume and a wind pose and then a couple sprays. So basically, you could get a couple higher value items and then some cheap items, or you could get all cheap items. It, so the way say a pack of Pokemon or Magic cards work is that like you know you're gonna get. To put it in a, a, a value way, you know you're going to get a couple sprays, you're going to get a couple voice calls, you know you're going to get a pose, and you know you're going to get a costume. You don't know that in Overwatch. There's no there's no guarantee of a number of valued items. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So that, that that's where it's really like gambling. At least you know you're going to get this much of worth in a pack of cards. You don't know you're going to get any amount of worth in a loot box. So so I guess they try to do bills before that stall, like trying to have the age of minimum be of 21 years of age. But it doesn't matter if, if there's states that have, if this is... Uh, if you have gambling laws in a state. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't, it won't, there'll be certain states that you'll be able to do this, other states you won't. It, you know, if federal law is over, over uh, overarches over state law. Um, so this is a big deal. And obviously the ESRB, uh, excuse me, the ESA, said that, uh, let's see, they had a response saying, because they're fucking scared. This is a huge amount of money, yeah. obviously. And they're the lobbying you know, arm uh, for all the software companies. Uh, they said loot boxes, the ESA said, said loot boxes are one way that players can enhance the experience that video games offer. Contrary to assertions, loot boxes are not gambling. They have no real-world value. That's why I maintain they, they are more gambling. Uh, players always receive something. No, they don't. That enhances their experience. No, that's very subjective. Right, especially if you're going for something that you want and you get shit instead because it's a limited time offer. These two weeks, you can gamble to get this item. Isn't that how a lot of this stuff works? There's, o- Yeah, it's very limited. And there's almost only two things that people want. They want the victory poses for when you, w- when you beat the game, mm-hmm. and they want the uh, costumes. So that's what I'm saying. Like They could, I think, f- get these loot boxes to fall into like the trading card pack thing sure. by being like, okay, you'll guaranteed every loot box get a costume and a pose but if they did that you'd have everything you'd want per like event within like 16 loot boxes so 16 bucks so they're not going to make the money they want off of it sure he went on to point out that the ESRB has moved to address loot box concerns by applying a label to packaging of physical games and foreign parents that in-game purchases are available for the title and launching a website to inform people um about parental controls and game systems. This is too late. 
do you do this, you're supposed to do this stuff before the government looks into this. Yeah. They you're want supposed to not the be government, scummy. The way the government works in theories with this stuff is that they don't want to have to deal with this shit unless it becomes an issue to their constituents and, you know, the, the people that vote for them. So as long as it's out of sight, out of mind, it's fine. But now that you have parents raising these concerns and you had the huge thing last year uh, with the, the fucking Star Wars, uh, with Battlefront 2. Now I have to fucking hear about it. Now it's a pain in my ass if I'm working in the government. And now I got to come down on you. You, yeah. you didn't, you didn't, you didn't uh, regulate yourself. Now I got to fucking do this for you. You fucked up. And that's what happened. Now it's too late. Let's see. In Belgium, uh, what does it say here? In, uh, Belgium's looking to prosecute uh, publishers who keep loot boxes in their games under anti-gambling laws. Cur- currently going toe-to-toe with EA on the issue. And, uh, and other publishers because uh, other publishers are, are pulling their loot boxes because of this. Um, the UK Gambling Commission said last week that there's no link between loot boxes and gambling, though. So now you have this issue country by country that's going to have to be hashed out. This is a, the worst case scenario that's going to happen here. Because you're not regulating yourselves, and you got too fucking greedy. Yeah, real greedy. They got ballsy. Like, when, when, when rumblings came around, like, oh, this could be bad... They didn't. They didn't. Anything. They didn't do this. Even this is even before a, a year hubris. ago. This is this this is years in the making. Not just a year ago with ba- uh, Battlefront. This has been going on for a while. Yep. And even us corporate shields are are are, are down on this, right? Yeah. Huh? Heaven forbid I said don't pay to go to a fucking <laughs> convention that's run by a corporation. That makes yeah. me a corporate shill. All right. Uh, Patreon poll time, Ian. How do you? So how do you? Uh, how do you? How do you uh, access this? Ian? This this Patreon. Patreon.com <laughs> slash cu podcast. It's not fun anymore because you because you have all those. those oh, I had. I, I don't have them here. I I need to bring them next time. But I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> you had a okay. So in third place, man, it can, it cannot reach through. Remove third place. it. It's just it's what, dead. What five games would you put in a personal arcade? Twenty three percent. Second place, best party video game games of youth. Thirty one percent. And number one with the bullet. Uh, 46% thoughts on Dreamcast. I am, ups- I am upset you did not put my Christmas album suggestion in. Would it be as fun as your uh, uh, Will 2K? Uh, thoughts on Dreamcast 20th anniversary, Ian. Go, Ian. What are your thoughts on the 20th anniversary of the Dreamcast? Um, I loved the I, I loved the Sega Dreamcast. Um, it was, I think to this day, the only the only console I bought at launch, I bought my Japanese PlayStation 2 a week after Japanese launch. But the, the, the Dreamcast, I was so excited for. Um, the Dreamcast, I rented from Hollywood Video. They did a, a pre-launch... Rental? They did promotion? a pre-launch rental promotion. Wow. Um, Could have did a YouTube video then if it was around. And, and... It was not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it was over summer because the system came out nine nine ninety nine in the U.S. This is the 20th anniversary in Japan. Um, but I uh, did that rental. It came with uh, Sonic Adventure and no VMU, so you couldn't save it. So I kept it on over the weekend. Wow. Bur- and, burnt it out. <laughs> yep. Uh, beat Sonic's storyline. Uh, nothing else. And uh, returned it. I was so hyped for it. Um, pre-ordered it. Got it on launch day. It happened to be the same weekend that I got my wisdom teeth removed. Um, 
or got it, it was before I got my wisdom teeth removed, the copy of Sonic Adventure that I got with it, uh, anyone else who was around for the Dreamcast launch will remember, about 50% of them um, were improperly burned uh, and would not play. Oh, okay. Would not play. So uh, they said they were going to be getting more in a couple days later. That's when I got my wisdom teeth pulled. Uh, So my mom went to the mall and uh, got me um, my replacement copy. And I sat there uh, fucking nursing my wisdom teeth on painkillers the entire weekend. I don't fucking like painkillers. They just make me loopy and kind of cranky. But I sat there the whole weekend and I beat the game start to finish all the characters. Okay. And uh, yeah, I love that system. It was when I was finishing high school and was working and had all this money to burn i'd go every wednesday and find cool dreamcast games there was tons of sleepers on it um and yeah i adored it i played shitloads of fire pro d um you imported huh i never got that i didn't have dreamcast but yeah i was jealous people that did because i was thinking about that game wasn't a huge step up though from the the playstation one though was it different graphics though Oh, it was hugely different graphics. It had download moves. It added oh, download moves. It, it added, added, they added moves in. It That's added right. back six man because PlayStation only had uh, four. Four. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was a pretty significant. It didn't have a story mode though. No, that, that the PlayStation no, it did. didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was great. I played Fantasy Star uh, online intensely. It was one of my yeah, most, I mean, it was one of my favorites. It, it still to this day is one of my favorite systems. Dreamcast um, was a system of firsts in a lot of way. The online play. Yep. Um, you had the online play. Um, you had the VMUs, which were really cool to me. Gimmicky, but cool. You could take them out and play little mini games and stuff. It's still cool. I, I love that. Just they um, did some neat things, like on the uh, like on the NFL series, for instance. You could look at the screen and cycle through your plays on the screen, oh, so cool. that um, like. So basically, like you. So you're Kevin playing, couldn't cheat off you. Yeah. So Kevin couldn't fucking cheat off me. Okay. Literally, Kevin couldn't cheat off. You had a Kevin too. I've always talked about the Kevin on here. Okay. Yeah, that Kevin could not cheat off me. Remember the same Kevin? He might have been uh, warping some <laughs> different parts of the country. It's all one Kevin. God damn it, Kevin. Um, the VMUs were cool. Obviously, um, it was the system that sort of tied... Not no, it, was, it was already beginning of the end for arcades, but eliminated the need for arcades because now you have a console as powerful as arcade hardware, finally. So th- that to me is like Crazy Taxi and and, and, and uh, Soul Calibur and games like that, where it's like, wow, that's the arcade on a console and all the fighting games. I mean, you were yeah. getting almost perfect, if not per. You, you were getting no Soul Calibur. I always said the first time I saw Soul Calibur oh, was yeah. amazing. But just... I was amazed that I saw that on a TV. Yep, I was like, wow, that's the arcade game I just saw at Seaside, you mm-hmm. know, a couple months ago. And most of the other fighting games, the Capcom ones, were you know just about perfect. Marvel vs. Capcom two on that system. Excuse me, was amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, whenever I actually sit down to think about the Dreamcast, I, I'm, I'm I'm blown away by how great that system was. Console, it, uh, the uh, controllers weren't the best. Nope, that's a that's a biggie. They, they kind of dropped the ball. Too big and bulky. Layout was not good. I was comfortable um, in my hand. The analog stick was too slippery, and the D pad was way too tall. Didn't like the buttons. Didn't like those four buttons. Uh, it just I don't know. It was a little too big for it. Was like, obviously they did fit the VMU in there. Um, I never knew people that used internet access on it uh, for the 56K. I'm guessing it was reliable uh, for 56K. It was incredibly reliable. Okay. I played both Quake Three and Fantasy Star Online. Quake Three was pretty on good. That a lot. Quake Three was great on that. I used okay. the keyboard and mouse. Oh, 
They had, they had the keyboard and mouse. That's right. I don't know if they sold a huge amount of them, but they had them. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, and Sega's last hurrah. The, yeah, who who would have knows? Who knows what would have happened though if they didn't have the string of failures before that and you know skipped the Saturn and went to you know Dreamcast and said you know like you, you can't you don't know like it was just too many in a row. And they it looks like according to Wikipedia, they sold nine point one three million units. That's that's bad. It's not even as good as the Wii U. Yeah, the Wii U did better than the Dreamcast. Wow. But um, I, I can't remember the name of the effect right now. It it, 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 it it slips my tongue. But I feel like it, it fell victim a little bit to the um, PlayStation 2 coming out a year later. I feel like the oh, Dreamcast sure. came out. I feel all my friends who played it liked it. I knew a lot of people who liked the Dreamcast. I knew a ton of people who liked playing their friends' Dreamcast. Um, I think a lot of people knew that the PlayStation 2 was coming out very soon after. So they were like, okay, I'm going to wait. They liked the PlayStation 1, and they waited for the PS2. I I never got the impression that anyone didn't like the Dreamcast or thought it wasn't a good piece of hardware. It was that the PS2 was coming out. Everyone knew the PS2 was going to be supported coming hot off the PlayStation 1, and I... Unlike the Saturn, where I think you know the Saturn, it, no one had interest in the Saturn. A lot of people were interested in the Dreamcast. I just think the timing of it coming out was was poor. Yeah, and the and, and the the bad taste from the Saturn hurt it as well. Sure, the Dreamcast had a respectable library. Sure. It, it was only I think a few hundred in North America. Two fifty two, right? I think. Yeah. So that's respectable, and I would argue that they're not argue. I think no one would say that that's a much better a much better library than the, the N sixty four one. Probably when you when you oh, put sure. all in all third yeah. party different genres, not relying just on first party games. There's a, a lot of good ports that were on uh, Dreamcast. I could start uh, naming Dreamcast games and not stop for a while. Whereas N sixty four, I thirty seconds in, we're I'd, done. I'd, I'd peter out pretty quickly. Yeah, I, and so yeah, that's what I'm going to say. To me, it, it's it's sort of doesn't s- split the timeline but to me it's sort of to me the end of the era so to speak for a certain part of of, of gaming uh the dreamcast so that's how I, when I look back at the 20th anniversary that's what I, I i think about let's see yeah it came out what less than a year later uh ps2 versus uh dreamcast right wasn't that long i think japanese ps2 release was march 99 i'm seeing something like that for uh ps2 no, PS2 uh, Japanese release was, uh, I think, January 2000. It, oh, 2000? Oh, January 2001. Give me, oh, uh, PS2 release date. Sorry, yeah, March 2000. Oh, March 2000. Okay. So we're talking... Oh, I saw 2001. So we're talking... Um, well, they had a year and a half head start in Japan. That's right, because I ordered it uh, my senior year of high school. Year and a half head start in Japan uh, probably wasn't enough. It looks... Uh, yeah, wasn't enough. Yeah. Sort of like Turbo Graphics versus uh, Super Nintendo, <laughs> sort of thing. That's why you can sort of compare it. You know, it doesn't matter if you if you're hit by oh, well, you know with a much you know powerful system that people are, are people want more. So, okay, uh, yeah, and of course uh, you could pirate games, but I, that wasn't why this the system would have sold more if you could pirate games. To me, if people knew about that, if that was widespread. People would have went out to buy that console more. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, they would have said, "Okay, we're fine not selling the, the, as much software if we're selling a ton more units." Yeah. Maybe I don't know what the margin was though on those. Okay, Q and A time on the CU podcast at Sigma Jump. December is the last month of announced titles for NES Online. What do you think? Hope will appear in 2019. It's been a real mix of the obvious and the not so obvious so far. 
Okay, uh, let's pull that plot of certain NES guide app to help with this. So, so far they've had a, a pretty good uh, variety. They, they, they have a good relationship with, like, Tecmo, uh, getting titles out there every month. You, you got Super Dodgeball, which to me is an incredible title to put on that because it's highly underrated. It's a good one to have for... Um, Four and a half stars. It's a good one to have for multiplayer, for online. Um, Mario 2 is a glaring emission that I hope is fixed incredibly soon. Sure. I've been having a real hankering to play Mario 2, and out of all the games that I would have expected to see on there, um, really kind of bummed that that one's not up there. Um, I they don't have Double Dragon 2 on there yet, right? No, they don't. That's a huge omission. Yep. Because the multiplayer alone, that'll be played a lot. Yeah, I'm surprised that um, they put Part 1 up there instead of Part 2, so I'd like to see Part Two, especially since Part Two was on the NES Classic, yep. and one wasn't. Yeah, um, there was there was a Tecmo game that was missing that I felt like should have definitely been on there, but I can't recall it yet. Um, I would like to see a couple of shooters up there. Um, you you want to get a get a Gradius on there? I, I Gradius is already on there. Oh, it is. Yeah, I'd like to see um, Legendary oh, Wings. Legendary oh. Wings would be a fun one. I've been playing that lately, and I've been that's liking, a fun one. I've been liking it more. It's Capcom. I figured we could probably get that. Um, and they don't. There's a, they don't have a Mega Man on there right now. No, they don't. That's a big one. Yeah, maybe Capcom's being stingy. Well, they just. I, I sometimes wonder if it has anything to do with what's been released more recently. But oh, Contra, for God's sake. Contra's got to get on there. Just regular Contra. Yeah, not the Super please. C bullshit. Give me Contra. Not the Super C's a bad game, but Contra's better. Sorry, it's a better game. Better flow. It's just a better game. That's because that's I can no death run it. It's a better game. Right. Um, I got to order those controllers, by the way. Yeah, I got to order those controllers. Did I forget well. to order those, or did I order them and forget that I ordered them? I might have ordered them and forgot that I ordered them. <laughs> off of, uh, is it off the stores, off the Club Nintendo store? Yeah. Okay. I want Clue Clue Land. Of course you do, Ian. You and five other people want Clue Clue. I understand. Uh, well, I mean, we got <laughs> fucking Ice Climber, and I actually like Ice Climber, but if we got Ice Climber, we can goddamn get Clue Clue Land. We got Pro Wrestling, though. That's a great one to put on there. That we, still, is. we still have not battled out there. Pro Wrestling was um, awesome. I was thinking we got Tecmo, I mean, Tecmo World Wrestling, but that's more wrestling than I would ever expect them to put on there. I'm, yeah, I'm surprised they, 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 they got to get stuff like, um, do they even have Galaga back on there? Uh, no. no, they don't have the Galaga and Pac-Man. I'm not. I'm not. And I'm not in a rush for Galaga. Uh, so or December, Pac-Man. December, we got Wario's uh, Woods. Okay, uh, it's an okay game. Ninja Gaiden, great. Adventures of Lolo. Yeah, no Mega Man. A few months in, that's kind of surprising. Metroid already get released. Metroid uh, was last month. Metroid. I thought we got Metroid. Yeah, Metroid was on there. That, okay. was, that was a launch one or no? No, it was. It was right after Doctor Mario, which is a great one to put. Um, Zelda 2 I want. Ooh, no Zelda 2 yet. Yeah, Zelda 2 is a big one that I want. That was actually the one I was thinking of the other day. Vani's brother came over and we were messing around with the Zelda 2 randomizer. And okay. I was really, oh. I was really, really uh, hankering for some Zelda 2. How, do you want to go by the ones we think are going to come on? Or, or you know, like, like scrolling down, like, what, what's a probable one? Well, let's go by probable. Pull up Tecmo. Uh, games all, all made by Tecmo, Tecmo because there was, I know there was one that I was thinking of that... Now I, it's slipping my head that I I really want to bring up. How about Capcom Tecmo? What's the other third party one uh, they're working Konami. on? Konami. Konami. Okay. Uh, wow, the app does that. You can search by uh, publisher. So let's do that right now. Capcom Konami. What was the other one? Tecmo. Tecmo. Those those are the good partners. So I'm still surprised I got Solomon's Key on there. That's a 
That's a good... Uh, there's no title ones on here yet, right? No. No. No, no relationship there. Okay, these three. I'm not getting those Tengen ones on here. You're not going to see a Tengen Tetris on here uh-uh. anytime soon. Uh, do I have all three selected? Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Let's run through these. This so these is- are the companies that we think will... Oh, yeah. Besides Nintendo that we think will likely support it. Do you get a 1942 or 43 on there? I, I actually don't... Don't think so? Don't think so. Uh, you're not going to get the Avengers Magic Kingdoms, Disney. No. no one wants Bayou Billy. Uh, Bad News Baseball. That'd no. be fun. I don't think we'll get it. You're though. not going to get anything. Anything with licenses, I'll skip like Batman Returns. You're not going to get yeah. uh Bionic Commando. That seems like it'll be likely. That, that'd be a heavy hitter to get. Yeah. Uh, Blades of Steel, you already, you already got Ice Hockey on no. there. Probably not. You're not going to get Bucky over here. No. Uh, which, is there a Castlevania on here right now? Yes. Which no. One? There's not a Castlevania. Either. No, we'll need a Castlevania. Oh, you need a Castlevania. That's got to... That, Castlevania. That, that does come on in a few months. Come on. Honestly, and I'd, I'd pick Castlevania 1 to be the first one. Y- yeah. You have, you have to get a Castlevania. You can't do Chippendale Disney. That'd be tougher, right? Uh, you got to get a Contra on there. <laughs> Double Dribble, no. You know, I'd love to see it. No DuckTales, probably, Ian. No. Well, they, you never know, but it's tougher. It's just not... They want easy shit. Not going to get G.I. Joe, the Atlantis factor. First one's better, but whatever. Uh, is Gold Sagawa's back on? Or no. Oh, no, it is. It it's is. Her. It's her. Gunsmoke. Yes, get me Gunsmoke. Gun that would be smoke. good. Gunsmoke would be great. Legendary Wings or Life Force would be good. Uh, Little Nemo might be tough. Little Ranger would be tough. A Mega, you got to get a Mega Man on there. Yep. Uh, Money Bomb Jack, you're gonna, you got on there, right? Yes. Uh, you got Ninja Gaiden coming. Uh, give me Russian Attack. Yeah. Is Rygar coming? Rygar should be on there. Rygar would be a good one. Oh, I think, yeah, Rygar would be a good one. That but, seems like it might be a shoo-in, actually. Yeah, that'd be, I think, uh, Section Z, no one would want that. Star Force, yeah. uh, Strider. Actually, Star Force seems like it might. Just because it's probably cheap, no one cares. Uh, <laughs> you want to get Tecmo Cup Soccer on there? Yes, I would <laughs> love that. I don't think that's going to come to No, me. but I'd love it. You can't get Tecmo, you can't get NBA Basketball, you can't get Tecmo Super Bowl, unfortunately, that'd be huge. Yeah. Tecmo World Wrestling, they already got Pro Wrestling, they'll even love that, I would too. Ninja Turtle Games will probably be out. Uh, Tiny Tunes are out. A lot of licensed stuff. Top Gun will be out, even though they're still filming right here. Uh, track and Field. That'd be a good one to get. Yeah. Just the, break your thumbs. I, I'd settle for one, even though two is awesome. I'd settle for it. Trojan, no one wants. Uh, Zen's not going to get there. No, half of these are licensed Willows. So there's still uh, probably good f- 10, I think, from here that'll probably get on there. Is that all of it? That was all Tecmo? Uh, that was Tecmo, Capcom, Konami. There's 89 games between those three. I guess Ultra. Ultra 2. Uh, that's uh, fine. Um, maybe it was Rygar that I was thinking of. That was... Let me put an Ultra 2. Sorry, I forgot about Ultra. Because uh, then you get then you get like Metal Gear. Metal Gear might be, uh, might be one. Maybe it was Rygar that I was thinking of. How about Skate or Die? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no, I want Skate or Die. Skate or Die was published by Ultra, but I keep thinking Skate or Die was EA overall. Oh, yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. That was. Um, Silent Service. Yeah, a lot of those Ultra ones were just ports. Yeah. Roller games, it's licensed. Can't get it. Yeah. Monster My Pocket, licensed. Mission Impossible, licensed. Uh, I have no doubt that Rygar will Oh, we skipped Mighty Final Fight. That'd be a cool one. I would love to see Mighty Final Kings Fight. Kings of the Beach. Give me Kings of the Beach. It's a pretty good one. I like Kings of the Beach a lot. That was a, I think that was a... Was that a port, too? I think that was... Oh, that, that was on the computer, though, but I'm not sure that was a port. 
I should I should click on it if I'm lazy. Anyway, so there's a good amount just from those three publishers. I think you'll get like ten of those next year. I, I think we're uh, definitely going to see a Mega Man, probably Mega Man two or Castlevania. three. Rygar is definitely going to happen. A Castlevania is certainly going to happen. Um, Any more Hal America ones? Since you got a Lolo. Um, Let me see the Hal America. We didn't get Lolo. It's coming out. Oh, that's right. Month. It is coming out. Yeah, yeah. so they got so a relationship we'll get there. Lolo. Um, I, I'm sure we'll see Kirby at some point. Kirby's Adventure. Oh yeah, you have to. Put um, Kirby on there. So I think those are all pretty much shoe-ins. Shoe-ins. Okay. All right. Moving on, you. Pat. Okay. Uh, this is from at MSU Hitman. With GameStop trashing the cases of cheap Xbox 360 and PS3 games, stores donating other cheap 360 games to charity, and pending new console generation, it will become hard for collectors to get complete case manuals for 360, PS3, or Wii collections as it is for the DS. Uh, yes, or at least complete games. Um, this is a practice that I really, really hate. This is one of the things that I, I really can't stand about GameStop. Um, I mean, I... I I tend to go easier on them, I guess, than other company, uh, other people, just because, uh, at least the employees. But this is one that I can't stand. Um, they started doing this with DS games um, in particular, uh, and it drove me nuts. Um, they started when when they were trying to phase out DS games and make space for 3DS games. Um, they started taking cases, manuals, and art and literally just trashing them um, for the majority of the games. There were some games that they... Uh, you know, I think they were told to keep cases for. I think it was mostly first-party Nintendo games. Um, but eventually, even those, I believe, they started trashing, and they just started packaging the uh, the game cartridges um, in little blister packs that they could uh, easily hang on um, the the little rack sure. uh, to make space. Um, the thing is, and it's not just me. Uh, I notice a lot of even like parents and whatnot. Um, it's in our store. Uh, Luna are are very reluctant sometimes to buy their kids those DS games in those blister packs or without cases because they're so small and the kids lose them or break them or send them through the wash in their pocket. Sure. And stuff like that. So while it may make sense from a space saving standpoint, uh, you know, from these huge on these huge, this this big corporation, it's really not a smart idea. And then obviously there's the collector standpoint or it, you don't even have to be a collector I don't think to just want a game in a case necessarily. Sure. Um, big cardboard boxes, you know, like like the the boxes that old games came in, NES games, Super Nintendo games, or the big cases that Genesis games came in, are one thing. But DVD cases that you know PlayStation game, PlayStation Two games came in, or um, the small, barely the you know barely larger than a CD case, uh, you know that 3DS and um, DS games, Vita games come in. These don't take up a lot of space. Um, you know, I, I I really don't see the the you know, those people want those to keep these smaller things, I think, organized in. And now doing it with, um, you know, these disc based games as they are 360 PS3, I know almost no one who likes buying loose disc games. People don't like doing that. Um, can you still source the cases for some of these? Like, can you source 360 cases? You can, but it's the art 
and manual. I mean, there's, okay. there's, it, we're getting to the point where, like, on PS3 stuff and later 360 stuff, there wa- there were no manuals. But sure. still, getting the actual art, because it never prints out as nice anyways. I mean, very rarely. You you're gotta spend to money point. to do it professionally. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're getting to that point, but you still have to spend money to do it. And to get the official cases, it, it is getting harder to find those cases. You know, the translucent green for the 360 with the actual logos inside. And the PS3 ones I'm actually... Sure have, there's not a, a warehouse somewhere they're sitting around? They might be, but it, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. To take the time to yeah, complete it as opposed to just keep the fucking cases. If you really don't want them in your store, then don't carry them in your store. I mean the amount the amount of space they they dedicate currently to PS3 or 360 anyways is like nothing. Isn't that though still a drop in the bucket though versus the ones that are still in people's houses and that they have laying around that they still have? I mean honestly, what in terms of like ones that are still complete that have like the cases still? Yes, but it does affect things overall. They will the market sure they will do this. For a long time. They did it for sure. a long time with DS. They will still keep taking these 360 and PS3 games, I would imagine, for another year. And they will continue to do this. At this point, and it wasn't like this forever, when we were taking DS and 3DS, uh, DS, 3DS games for um, quite some time, we were getting them in in their cases. We had far more in cases than we did loose. And um, now if we get... DS games in their cases, it's a it's a cold day in hell. Almost everything comes in loose, and uh, I I do believe that is largely due to um, GameStop trashing everything. Because while right now they're just starting to do it, like I said, as people continue to trade more and more of that in, you are going to see a considerable amount of that trashed. Trying to see online if, if if the white DS cases you can buy anywhere. You can buy clear ones. You can buy black ones. So sure, you could probably source these at some point if you have to. Um, but yeah, you said like the artwork is. It's is the, the artwork in the yeah. manual. It's it's not so much the case. It's it's everything else. That's, sure, that's important. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there'll be. I mean, are we just worried about collectors in the future? I, I think you'll be able to find a complete copy no matter what. It's not, it's not going to be like Game Boy where you can't find boxes at all for some of these games, you know? No, but it's still a pain in the ass. It makes it harder. As a, as a person who collects DS stuff, finding complete DS games has become a much bigger problem. Sure. And I'm almost 100% positive that you can trace that right back to GameStop trashing all that shit. So we take our pitchforks and torches against Well, they're going to be gone in a few years, so they won't be able to do it anymore. Yeah. That's what you get. That's your penance. It's just your punishment. Well, penance is you make up for something you did. There is no penance. The penance is you, you go back in all your dumpsters and you find all those DS cases from 10 years ago and you bring them back out, I guess. Uh, are DS and 3DS cases the same? No. DS uh, DS cases are black. 3DS cases are white. white and they have, like, uh, they use less plastic when you open up a 3DS case. It's got a bunch of, like, squares cut in it so it looks like a waffle. <laughs> Okay, I wonder if people will care at a certain point, as long as you have some case that fits, you know. Yeah, but again, it's the artwork. But maybe maybe it'll be a different uh, collector's market in 20 years where it'll be acceptable to reprint, you know, if, it, if you can't find them. for. I'm trying to think how many DS collectors will be going for a complete set, you know, 20 years from now. All right. Uh, finally, at Brendan VEM, Brendan Velasquez asks, Ian, what rookie mistakes do new... New used game store employees typically make. 
Not pre-owned, new used game store boys. What 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 do they do, Ian? Shh, they show up to work late. Ooh, that's some shade. Um, <laughs> <Luna> shade. Two <laughs> locations. Two, two locations. Uh, yeah, when I'm at work, when an employee shows up late. That's like my one pet peeve. Um, Not like someone showed up late for the podcast. I was about to actually right? say that. <laughs> I did that today. I showed up late for the podcast. I set my alarm for... It worked out. I was working the landscaping, but okay. Um, anyway, uh, so the biggest... Okay, so the biggest mistakes I think they they make. Um, it's not so much a mistake, but one of the problems we have is they we teach them how to take stuff in for trading, and it's a it's a long process. Um, we usually work with them for about two months um, actively on it because we want them to have a solid foundation. Um, we don't want them to pay too much. We don't want them to pay too little. Um, but as we do this, we explain to them that, you know, it's a learning experience. They're going to screw it up a couple of times. It's fine. Uh, you know, you're 15 bucks over, you're 15 bucks under. It happens. Um, but we do this because we want them to have the confidence to get out there and do it. And they need to get out there and do it on their own. Sure. Um, the hardest thing with new employees who you finally let go to do it is that they panic, and I understand it. Uh, I, uh, their, their, their functional and cheat sheet isn't enough for how much they should do for for tradings. Yeah, because a lot of it is a lot of it is kind of nebulous. We don't have uh, we don't have a um, we don't have a hard sheet to go by. It's impossible to do a hard sheet to go by when you're dealing with system uh, that many systems. Sure. Um, so I, I would say that the biggest, the hardest thing is to instill the confidence in them. And I think that's the biggest mistake is they don't have enough confidence in it. Um, they know. They watch us. Oh, we please. teach them. Um, they learn by osmosis. But then they, when they're finally confronted with it, they, they definitely want a, a hand to hold for... Even if they have all the prices in front of them. Yeah, and they, they know they know, they, they they know it. Um the the worst thing that comes of this is something something good will come in but it's a high ticket item you know something that might resell for 300 bucks sure and they'll pass on it because they they're just too afraid to make an offer they're afraid to put it in they but, won't they won't yeah. call you or ask or and and they will sometimes but like if it's busy they they may panic this has happened oh. before and it's and they don't just, realize that item will probably sell fairly quickly. Right, and they, what they need to realize is like they know how to check. It, they panic, and it's just like it's an expensive item, but you still deal with it like any other item. Item. Um, so it, it's not something we can necessarily. I, I nece- we necessarily get mad at them for. You know, like I said, we teach them how to check for fakes and stuff like that. And I understand the first few times can be scary, but at some point we really need them to just be hands off and to do it themselves. So you make you learn by making mistakes, and everyone's going to make those mistakes. But um, yeah, it it, it 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 it's a very common issue. I think almost all new. Uh, independent game store employees go through it, but it definitely seems to take them a while to get the training wheels off. And you know, maybe it's it. Maybe they learn. 
if if it helps them build the confidence and turn into better employees, that's good. Oops. But I always find that they really don't need those training wheels. That's what I'm getting at. Like they may think they do, but when I'm like, well, what would you have done for this? I'm like, no, that's right. You know, that it's just it's it's like three extra months of getting these calls or having this or having them pass up on things and I'm like They're being overly careful. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, it's I get call. it. It's our money. It's not like I said, it's it, it's it's wow. not as big of a problem. It's just it's not exactly necessary. We, so that's the big issue? Uh, that, that's one of them. Not not leaving uh, a, a tray of discs out on the counter? Oh, God. <laughs> well, that guy had a fucking opiate addiction. A oh, real bad one. That's 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 some good filtering in the in the recruitment, uh, recruitment process. Uh, hey, I didn't hire Woo. Uh My hires are good. Like good old Walter. Um, we have met Walter. Walter's awesome. Uh, yeah, so that's a fun story. We hired a guy. Uh, we've had two Cliffs, both awful. Two Chris's, both awful. Uh, never hiring a Cliff or a Chris again. Uh, anyways, we had a Cliff. We hired him. Uh, he worked Oh, uh, yeah, Cliff, Cliff, yeah. He, he worked... Trying to do a Cliff Clavin. Cliff Aiken? Cliff Clavin. From Cliff Clavin? The po- the, the... Oh, that was Clay Aiken. Cliff Clavin from from uh, Cheers. Oh yes, yes. Melman. Uh, did you know that uh, Donkey Kong was actually based off a mule? <laughs> I don't know. He uh, fucking no one cares. He was organizing discs uh, during a very busy Saturday, and he left a disc of a uh, a uh, uh, a bin of about two hundred loose uh, PlayStation oh, Two games on the counter, and then turned around and went to the bathroom. And uh, yeah, someone else was ringing someone else up. I wasn't there that day. Oh, so there was another person there. I didn't even see it. Well, there was another person there, but he left like the bin over there. It was busy. Someone was ringing someone else and up. Someone just carried. He away. turned around and you know, fucking was probably so some swap meet that weekend. Yeah, Spring Valley <laughs> at two hundred. Someone uh, just walked off with a bin of two hundred PlayStation Two games. Two dollar discs of PlayStation Two games. Oh, and another uh, one of the bi- another big one was uh, when we had the arcade machines. A lot of new employees decided that they didn't need to get anything done and just go fuck off on the arcade. machines. Really? Yeah, yeah. At least they were using quarters. Uh, n- no. Oh, oh, come on! They couldn't even use their own quarters. When I started there, and I would have free time, I used my own quarters on the arcade machine. Trey was like, "Yeah, that's fine," but uh, yeah. no. Uh, one of uh, actually it was the second Cliff when he started working there um, would do nothing but play Ms. Pac-Man he wasn't very good at it and he would just take the keys to the arcade machine and open it up and just fucking feed the, just fucking hit the coin mechanics I haven't met one Cliff my entire life and you hire two at a video game store I just think that's funny yeah I've never met a Cliff yeah. I've seen Cliffs Sunset Cliffs but you know um, and that's it. So, so people that either play too much video games, leave out stuff that gets stolen, or are too afraid to spend money to get trade-ins that you desperately need for the store. Yep. Those are the things. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's, that's it. That's what new employees make. That's the mistakes. Uh, yeah. Nothing else. Uh, and sometimes they don't shower enough. Really? Yeah, we've had to have... Uh, you think that would be a warning sign of yourself that you can't take care of yourself, that you can't take care of games at a store? You can't, you can't shower. Uh, Treg, Treg was like, uh... I was like, what? He was like, I had to have a conversation with Dylan about his odor. 
was like, I mean, hopefully oh, these are people that are long gone aren't listening to the podcast. Long gone. Long gone. I was like, I get a picture of Trey. Trey's the nicest guy. Yeah, you know, uh, you showered enough? or <laughs> I, I wanted to know like, how it goes. Because like, yeah. that's how he replied. He said it to me. He's like, I had to have a conversation with Dylan about his yeah. odor. So you might want to shower like once a day. Well, there was there was a day that I was working with Cliff too, and um, I, you could tell he hadn't showered, and there was just this rank odor just emanating from his shoe area. <laughs> from the shoe, so, that must mean you're not wearing clean socks at least. So the one, the one, some baby powder. The one day I uh, had, I, I was like, oh, it's so bad. So I had the Lysol, and. I grabbed the can like I was moving it. And you sprayed it. And I sprayed his shoes real quick. And he, <laughs> and he was like, huh, what? And I was like, oh, sorry, man, my fingers slipped. <laughs> I put the can back down. And he was like, oh, that's all right. He, he didn't even act like it. It was crazy. And then he starts just applying it to, like, the armpit areas. Like, you know, like, what's, what's that over there? What? <laughs> It was so bad. Those shoes okay. were so, so bad. So stinkiness is on the list too. Yeah, you get the you, you get some cleanly people there. You know, hey, everyone who works for us now is great. Lane's great. Walter's great. I'm great. Craig's okay. great. No cliff stuff. All right, drop me off and I'll give you some of that veggie chili. Okay, that sounds like a sounds like a bribe. Thanks for coming out for this CU podcast. Uh, they're, they're, You're uh, welcome. Yeah, thanks for showing up late. <laughs> Kieran who has to edit this. You know, he's eight hours. Uh, Ahead, but he'll get this soon. Uh, I might have a Kickstarter starting soon. Kickstarting soon. Uh, Ian's excited. I am too about that. I um, am ready to go. You're ready, to, you're ready to go. You're ready to might 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 write an article. Let me know before I put your your face in the digitized sixty bit face. No, I'm going to do Kickstarter. It. Oh, okay. You heard it here first. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we might have an announcement about the NES Marathon sometime later this month. We'll let you know. It's not going to happen later this month. We'll have an announcement later this month. And then uh, you know, follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash you podcast. And, uh, you know, try Ian's Chili. Uh, Flex Pro Meals. Flex Pro Meals. Uh, use code CU Podcast. You sign up. <laughs> Do it. That fucking bacon cheeseburger gnocchi has been insane. Bonnie told me about that the other night. And I, and I had it yesterday, too. It's really, it's almost too, it almost doesn't qualify. It's, it's almost unhealthy enough to qualify. So, to not qualify. so I, or, I, I started getting the, um, the smaller... Uh, small portions, yeah, the the three to four hundred calorie ones, still huge portions. Um, that one they include in the three to four hundred calorie ones, but okay. it always sneaks over at four hundred and fifty. Oh, they can't. <laughs> There's too much nochi and, and and bacon to go around. Jeez. Anyway, all right, that's it for for Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Contry. I'm gonna go deal with landscaping issues. And thanks so much for the support, even though our careers are over. <laughs>